Give them hell, harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is Throw Smiley, and it hurts everywhere. Who's joining me this week? Hey, it's Spain's number one frogman, Josh CC. It's Moonday, Dr. Jones. I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber, but the ladies call me the Holy Lance. <laughs> it's a fake. <laughs> the engravings are all wrong. And this is Harmless Phosphorescence. Uh, we are watching. We are in the middle of an Indiana Jones miniseries. Well, the middle. We're at the end of an Indiana Jones miniseries. This hey, is it. It, it. This might not be the last one. We, well, we might. Yeah, we might get a, be following. A, we'll be back in 20 years. Yeah, we might be following Fleabag. Anyways. Um, or it's just uh, Harrison Ford's head in a jar. <laughs> Like Phoebe Waller Bridge running around yelling at it. He's like, I watch I'm, that. I belong in a museum. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, this show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron? It's easy. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. A dollar a month is all you need, and you get to watch or listen. You can watch if you want, but it's not going to be very interesting. <laughs> like an old timey radio. Yeah. Do shadow puppets to us yeah. talking. Um, you can hear lots of other shows that you don't get on the main feed. Um, we're about to record one on 1992's Split Second, which is starring Rutger Hour. And Kim 93's Split Second starring Rutger Hauer and Kim Cattrall's boobs. So that is amazing. <laughs> That'll be going up soon on the Patreon. Um, buck a month, guys. That's all it takes. <laughs> I wish it was a Sex and Sex in the City uh, prequel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rutger Hauer. <laughs> it. I cannot wait to talk about that movie. That is, it's it's incredible. Um, <laughs> this week though. On Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching and talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something. On a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Don't move. We need to get out of here. Stop! Sorry. Dr. Jones, get him. Hitler made mistakes, and with this, I will correct them all. You stole it. Then you stole it. And then I stole it. It's called capitalism. This way! Fasten your seatbelts. There might be some turbulence. You've taken your chances, made your mistakes, 
a final triumph. Indy! Give him hell, Indiana Jones! A few times in my life I've seen things. I've been tortured with voodoo. Been shot nine times. Including once by your father. Ah! Sorry! But I've been looking for this all my life. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Man, that trailer. That was a hell of a trailer. So first off, I I guess we should say spoiler alert. Yeah, so we don't do this very often, guys. But uh, in fact, this may be the first time ever. Second. Second? Do we... what uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, Rise of Skywalker. That's right. Yeah. Which nobody cares that we spoiled that piece of trash. Yeah. But yeah, spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, stop listening now. Because and there are some, some Sue Grafton novels. Right. Dial is yeah. murder. <laughs> yeah. Dial. None of them are Dial, are they? They're just... uh, are they? No, oh, that was a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> That's right. Dial. Um... Secondly, after watching that trailer, I, I noticed it uh, in the movie, too, uh, when he says the line, I've been looking for this my whole life. Didn't he say that in Crystal Skull? Um, maybe. maybe. He's probably he was always working things. for the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, he was looking for a lot of stuff for a long time. But, um, yeah. That's such as introspection. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so um, I mean, it wasn't the crystal skull that he was looking for his whole life. It was uh, Akator, right? The, the lost the, city. The lost city. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we are gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie. So stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled. Three, two, one. Vader is Luke's father. I was goddamn. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I was going to say that or that he's the emperor, but it was going to be a Star Wars. Wow, that's three for three. Damn, Josh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Synchronicity today. So um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was released June 30th, 2023. It has a runtime of 154 minutes. It cost $295 million. And I have no idea how much it made because it hasn't made it yet. It just opened this weekend um, as of this recording. Uh, You'll be listening to it a little later than that. So people will have a better idea of whether it's a hit or not at that point. But as of right now, we don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. Well, dude, we just don't know. And here's the thing, guys. We're going to play the box office top 10 game for this week. But we don't have this week, so we're going to play last week because technically we watched it on the 29th and last we saw a late night showing. And uh, yeah. we're, we're going to play last week's box office top 10 game. Let's do it. Let's just see if I know what's happening around. Yeah, me. I have no idea what's in theater. Because I know what was happening 25 years ago. Full of trivia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see if I'm aware. <laughs> Ask me something about 1992. I'm on board, but... Right now. All right. So you guys ready to play the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of last week. And you guys are going to try to guess. Here we go. Number 10. 
<laughs> current, the current number 10 movie in the country. <laughs> Still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Is this Summer evil? Rental. Th- uh, this is not Evil Dead Rise. No. no. Is that out already? There's been, yeah, I think so. There's it's been, it's out on streaming HBO. now. Wow, there's yeah. been like five movies this year that I was like, oh, I want to see that. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's done? It's out? It's on Netflix? It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Was it better than than the Evil Dead reboot from like 10 years? Well, 14 years ago now, I guess, or something like that. I'd have to go back and watch that. It was a sequel to the, the reboot, right? Did it have a, what's yeah. face, that redhead chick in it? I can't remember her name. Jane Levy or something? But um, the Necronomicon's in it. And so, I mean, so it ties in, but it's essentially the same kind of, you know, just... Was there an unnecessary... Possession. Was there an unnecessary uh, 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 cameo by... Bruce Campbell? By Bruce Campbell, yeah. Not that I know this. Okay. So, but anyways, no. Oh, this is, one. This, oh, this yeah, movie, number 10. Yeah. Um, let's see. The the, the uh, tagline is, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. Oh, this is a Stephen King oh, movie. Yeah, bo- Boogeyman, right? The Boogeyman, which is also oh. a great disco documentary. <laughs> the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. If these trends continue, <laughs> all right. Yeah, the boogeyman, number ten this week. Um, at number nine, seven black. Oh, oh, okay. Seven black friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? Probably not. The tagline is, we can't all die first. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw a trailer for this. I want to see this movie. I, I didn't realize it was out right now. Because, of course, things, no one, no one, no one cares or knows what's actually going to theaters anymore. Yeah. Huh. This is, I don't know. Man, I used to watch every single movie trailer. And now I'm like, I I don't even recognize any of these concepts. Yeah, no this this movie looks really good. Um, it's not haunted mansion, is it? No, 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 no. It's it's not it's not a. <laughs> you have the haunted mansion leaned in on the race aspect of yeah. horror movies. <laughs> Fucking Disney. I, I know. Uh, I know haunted mansion has uh, Owen Wilson in it, who's not white, not not black. But uh, <laughs> take up your mind now. <laughs> Again, like we said, spoiler alerts. Um, but maybe he was the only white person. I don't know. Um, it, it's uh, called, go ahead. This movie is called The Blackening. <laughs> I love awesome. it. And I it love looks, everything about it. It looks amazing. I'm gonna definitely watch this. I hope that they have a fourth wall breaking character that is just shouting at the cast. Don't <laughs> yeah. go in there. Don't go in there. Oh, you know there's gonna be. A joke somewhere in there. Oh, like of that. course who, they will. Who I've produced heard that? So many stand-up jokes. Uh, the is, black, is that like 
Is that like scary movie or is that like Jordan Peele? No, no, no. It's or is it's that some, just somebody else, some it, independent thing? Because uh, that sounds like something that both of those parties or an produce. A twenty four. It's it's not scary movie like uh, airplane, whatever those yeah, guys it's, are. It's not like that. No, it's it's somewhere in between. It's closer to Jordan Peele, but it's it's kind of like in between. Right. It's not camp, but self aware. Yeah, it is directed by Tim Story. Oof. And Tim Story is known for directing other movies such as uh oh ride along um think like a man shaft Oof. yeah barb oh barb oh he directed the he directed barbershop oh okay first one that's what it says i really like the first barbershop yeah yeah so um, yeah, like a, a a horror comedy, but not not like scary Goofy. story. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, number eight this week. Still reeling from the loss of his girlfriend, a man gets his... <laughs> some simp. Yeah. We got well, a lot of people reeling this week. Yeah, there, a, I mean, if you ain't gonna reel, what's the point? <laughs> Get your shit together, man. A man and his friends rally behind their their the one of their own who is having medical issues. <laughs> That's I made that as vague as possible. Uh, Frankenstein. No. <laughs> medical issues. That's, he had medical issues. Injuries has injuries. Um, I uh. This is a movie we are going to do on this show. Uh, Probably within, uh, I don't know, like six oh, or seven weeks. Oh, is it Flash? Is this a Shazam still? No, no, no. No, Shazam. Oh. Shazam went to streaming the week after it opened. Yeah. Um, Flash? No, no. Uh, this movie so far has made $833 million. Oh, um, Guardians 3? Guardians 3. Oh, Injured Friend. I see. Yeah, yeah he, he does have some medical issues going on. He does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sciatica. <laughs> uh, at number... That movie. Yeah. Ooh, that movie. Yeah. Punch in the gut. At number seven. Following a writer on his world-famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to a small rural oh. city to compete in a junior stargazing event, only to have his worldview disrupted forever. Is this like Gabriel Byrne or, or somebody like that? Like an older, or not older, but... This is a very... Approaching old? This is a very uh, high-profile director doing a very... Yeah, in his wheelhouse movie. Oh, um, dang it. Asteroid City. Yes. Asteroid City. Oh. Starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Dilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Ed Norton, Adrian Brody, Leif Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawk, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, Jack Ryan, and Jeff Goldblum. All right, we get it. All of those people are so fucking famous. Jesus, Wes Anderson. You Bill know, Murray's 
Not Bill Murray's in it, but it, he's in it, but he's played by Tom Hanks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's exactly. The, that's the thing. Say he's playing the bomb. This is the first live action um, Wes Anderson film that he hasn't been in since Bottle Rocket. He's not in it. He's not in it because he, in he it. got COVID the week they started filming. Are you fucking kidding me? Bill Murray's not in a fucking Wes Anderson That's movie? right. Yeah. Whoa. That's what's been holding him back this whole time, man. Yeah. I'm ready to see this one. <laughs> uh, at number <laughs> at number six at the box office this week, a young girl makes a deal with an older woman <clears throat> so that she can impress a man. Ah, uh, the Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Not the big mermaid. <laughs> little, little mermaid. Like little Wayne. Yeah. Uh, that little mermaid is not big. Uh, at number five. <laughs> During the 90s. Yes. There's no way to say the rest of this without giving it away. This is... All ridiculous. During the 90s, a new faction of guys joined the old faction of guys, which we know. <laughs> guys. Characters. Oh. On-screen personas. <laughs> this is a part of a franchise, of course. Big action movie. Part of a franchise. One maybe Fast we'll cover. Fast Furious 10? No, no, no. Not Fast 10. Fast 10 bombed. It's already out of the top 10. Uh, uh, Wait, Fast 10 bombed? How did I miss that? That should have been like... Yeah, this week, Fast 10 is at... World news. This week, Fast 10 is at number 12 already. Um, It's been out like a week and a half. uh, Six weeks. It's been out six weeks. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, Well, but it also has made $690 million worldwide, so I guess they're going to be fine. Yeah, I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, I mean, bombed comparatively to, like, how, like, Fast 8, 7, 8, and 9 did. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, this movie, it's the 90s. It's a bit of a, it's a franchise. It's an old uh, older IP. It's been around for a while. I don't know what number of movie this is. They don't number them. They go back and forth. It's all over the place. Um, Is it a Power Ranger thing? No, no. Is this a Tom Clancy movie? (laughs) Is this some kind of Power Ranger thing? (laughs) Um, It's uh, heavy CGI. Uh, It's, you know, and it's, let's see, it's been open for three weeks and it's already made $350 million worldwide. Um, Oh, Spider-Verse? No. No, no, Spider-Verse is... Um, it's... Uh, this takes place in the 90s. There's... Uh, um, Mutt Williams was in the first one of these. Oh, it's a Transformer? Transformers, oh. Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. Yes, the, the Beasts Rise. The Beasts. Yeah, that would have been a perfect one for Mutt Williams. <laughs> be riding monkeys and shit. <laughs> yeah, right, no, he, he was riding bikes, bef- not riding the monkeys. <laughs> but he instantly befriends a whole group of capuchin monkeys. 
that are like Nazis, we've been waiting. Um, oh, <laughs> okay. At number opening this week at number four. On the brink of losing her home, Maddie finds an intriguing job listing. Helicopter parents looking for someone to bring their introverted 19-year-old son out of his shell before college. She has one summer to make him a man or die trying. Oh, this is the parents who paid a girl to have sex with their kid, the movie. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah they paid J-Law. Wow. To bang their kid, yeah. This is that based on be... a true story, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's also my age with like an 18-year-old boy, which has been controversial, I guess. Mm. Yeah. She's my age. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, she's Her early 30s now, right? Get, yeah. Getting paid to date an 18-year-old. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I have to imagine no, that. Who, who among us has not been paid by a parent to date their 18-year-old child? I don't know. I would make sure my parents got the best nursing home ever if they paid oh, Jennifer that's, Lawrence that's to sleep with me. Oh, <laughs> like, thank you, mom and dad. Yeah, dad, you're never getting another tie. Yeah. Uh, digging up Lawrence Welk and uh, Rochelle Welch, or whatever her name is. Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch. <laughs> What's with it? Welsh and Welch? Uh, this movie's called No Hard Feelings. <laughs> the only See, thing that's pun. not hard. It's a pun. See? Yeah. See, it works on my, it's like face off and face off. Yeah. <laughs> it's a face off. Uh, at number three this week. Uh verse No. Uh, no? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to be hard to describe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In an attempt to save his family. The Flash. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Number three. That's, this... all, that's all we got on that one. I can't believe I see headlines that are like, why did it bomb? Like, what What the problem with Flash was? It's like, I don't know that there's anything wrong with the film. It's Ezra fucking well, Miller. Stop acting like it's not Ezra something. Miller. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. Ezra. Yeah. Your, your, your lead guy, like, kidnapped children. And, like, was right. I love... Yes. Did you guys see yes. any of the pictures or footage of him at the at the red carpet? Yeah, his outfit. Oh, well, my God. I, I don't care how he's dressed. Yeah. He was not allowed to talk to the press the whole time. And, <laughs> I bet. And he is literally awkwardly, like, like, just constantly, like, touching himself to be like, I'm really here. Don't say anything out loud. I'm really here. Don't say anything out loud. He needs or to stop making... He needs to stop making movies and just run for president. Dude. Yeah, that, that's where he needs to be. When they're a star, they just let you do it. Yeah. Run for president, I mean. We were talking about that last night. How Billy Bush like had to lose his job. He couldn't be an entertainment reporter anymore just because he was trapped listening to it. But the other guy still got to be president. Yeah, fuck that. I can't be on Access Hollywood, but you can lead the free world. Motherfucker. Um, at Number two this week. Uh, well, there's a male and a female character, and they're opposites, and then they get stuck together, and in the middle, they, they, elemental. Yeah, gross. <laughs> in the middle, yeah, they're, they're fighting, but then they come to respect each other, and finally they fall in. You know, but it's well, but it seems not. so lazy. Yeah. I'll also, it seems like it's leaving a lot of the other two elements out of the plot. 
Yeah. Like fire and water, but there's also like plants and air. Earth, wind. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. And fire. (laughs) Well, they've already done the, you know, the anthropomorphic, um, you know, emotions. And now it's elements. And I feel like there was even another one. Um, I know Zootopia was Disney, not Pixar, but it just feels, yeah, like they've they've they're they're just the anthropomorphic. Like, well, there was, I mean, Soul was it wasn't anthropomorphic. Was there was a cat, but it was a person. Yeah, I don't know. Like, no, maybe not anthropomorphic because obviously cartoons do that all the time. But these embodiments of yeah, yeah, human experiences, like they they did that. Yeah, they've done it a couple times. Yeah, they've done it a lot. Yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. It's like the it's like comic books with like the the entities, the like celestial, not celestials, but like the pantheon. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it ends up being the same sort of Romeo and Juliet, fish out of water type story, like fire and water. How are they going to make it work? Right. <laughs> you know, I love how in how Lady Death is often portrayed as like a skeleton, but with big boobs. Yeah. yeah. Are those bo- uh-huh. bones? Are those bone boobs? <laughs> well, the boob bones connect. Uh, she's the she's wearing bone. armor, I think. Uh, the you know the super oh, useful okay. women's breastplate with breast indentation armor. Of course, made exclusively for death. <laughs> Buy it at the Gap. And number one this week. Do I even need to across uh, the Spider Verse? Across the Spider Verse. Yeah, still number one. Uh, made almost 600 million so far. Big hit. So good. Everybody will it, will it be good. supplanted by Indiana Jones this week? Probably. Probably at number one, sure. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I, I mean, that movie's been out for a month and a half, right? Uh, four weeks now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, staying. But yeah, Indiana right. Jones is one of those properties that people are going to see it regardless. It's like a Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Word of mouth doesn't matter. Like really. a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to see it for yourself for the first time. So, all right. Um, that is our box office top 10. That brings us to the movie Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Again, anybody still hanging in there that doesn't want an Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny spoiled, stop listening. Um, and if you do yeah. listen, tell us how mad you are. Right. Or tell tell Thoreau how mad you are on Twitter. He'd love to hear it. Yeah. No, I can't. I ran through my Twitter. I, I, I used up all my scrolling already. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't mad at it. Um. Okay, so. The last time we saw Indy was uh, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then... Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2012. Uh, and they immediately announced that they were going to make another Indiana Jones movie. Wipe that slate clean. Yeah. Um, Which they did, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I agree. Uh, so. Um, after they bought it. Wait, when did uh when did we get a uh, Indiana Jones ride at, at Disneyland? Oh, that was the nineties. Yeah, it was they always Disney. collaborated, but it was at Universal, wasn't it? No, that's at Disneyland. No, it was at Disneyland. It's been at yeah. Disneyland really? since the nineties. Yeah. yeah, he and Spielberg were there opening day. I was there like two weeks later or so, but um, 
Yeah. It's almost like well, they always collab. <laughs> yeah. Almost. I mean, there was a Star Wars ride at Disney uh, in the 80s. Disney oh, I mean. collaborators. Yes. But he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sympathizers. A Disney sympathizer. That's what we we're going to start calling Disney adults. Disney sympathizers. So, <laughs> so I thought this was an interesting quote. Um, George Lucas, in talking about Indiana Jones, said that you need a MacGuffin that's supernatural but grounded in reality with an archaeological or historical background, saying, quote, you can't just make something up like a time machine. <laughs> or a crystal's. Or crystal skull. They're uh, interdimensional. They're not aliens. Yeah. Um, the Antikythera is grounded in history. Real object. Yes. Yes. They, yeah. It looks nothing like the one in the movie. No. Very boring. Yeah. And as far as they know, um, I mean, there are no known ties to Archimedes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's a star map, I'm pretty sure. Right? Isn't it like a star yeah. map computer? Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to like predict eclipses and you know, it's tides. All, it's, we're on our last one in the series, and it just only now occurred to me we should have had Al do his, uh, his history corner, his archaeology corner. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a science. Oh, well. Yeah. I have a, I have a degree in anthropology yeah that's like i can't believe oh that shit occur. i forgot about that I can't believe oh that my god occurred to us like four movies ago damn it all right well lost <sighs> i like the um i like the mechanisms and the way it, lo- it reminded me of the owl in clash of the titans you know like yeah yeah old old but still robotic in a way yeah the, the way it moved on its own was really cool too right um, so, all right. Uh, George Lucas was working on a fifth indie movie at the time of the sale to Disney. He had an idea. It was written down. He gave it to Disney, <laughs> much like he gave them his outlines for the sequels, mm-hmm. which they perused and then said, thanks, George. <laughs> Bye mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Why don't you retire? Like, just enjoy it. <laughs> He really should have had them stay on the hook for his stories. He really should have been a dick about it. I I think that would have been hilarious because honestly, I think he's a great idea guy. He just needs somebody to push him away and take Um, the central concept and make an actual good movie. Right. He he can't write a script very well. But he should be in the writer's room, you know, bouncing ideas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He just should not be allowed near a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. He's created shit that will last forever and ever. I, it's, it's all easy film to... will, but I mean Star Wars and the mythology. I mean Joseph Campbell wrote books about it. Yeah, it's easy for us Star to say Wars. that, I guess. But George is like has has been married to these movies for God. When did seventy seven? So when did Indiana Jones first come out? 80, 81. 81. Yeah. So both of these movies, it's like you're not you're no longer involved with your ex wife. And everybody wants you to hang around with your ex-wife still. I could see that being like, nah, you guys just hang out with my ex-wife. I'm good. She was his collaborator for a long time. His, his literal ex-wife was his collaborator. Yeah. His literal ex-wife is largely credited with why the first two Star oh. Wars movies are so superior to Return of well, the Jedi. Was she an editor? She was an editor. She was an yeah, editor. She, and but she I, didn't she didn't edit 
Empire, did she? Because I know she 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 is the reason why A New Hope worked. She, she was heavily... editing saved those movies. Yeah, yeah. But I thought Kasdan was the reason why Empire was good. Like well, it no, wasn't. I, I she mean, didn't need to save that. Kasdan and Irving Kirshner. Kirshner, that's right. Yes. Were, were were both were two of the reasons Empire was good. But she, George was she she helped keep George's craziest ideas from making it onto the screen. That was a lot of what she that's was fair. doing outside of her actual work on the m- movies like she was like saying no no George George you can't you can't yeah, you- put a frog character in there that talks in some sort of racist patois well that and uh that and Luke I am your father are two crazy ideas in one movie if he had more it would probably would have been too much it wouldn't have been enough to bear the yeah. weight of all the weird shit that he wanted to add yeah exactly yeah um, man he's a hoot yeah, <laughs> he really is Yoda George, George Lucas Lucas is. I love. There's a. I I don't know what it's from, but there was like a uh, some documentary footage uh, that was completely unrelated. I don't know. It's like about cars or something. And he's in the background. Yeah, yeah, a guy's just walking down the street talking, and George Lucas is like crossing the street behind him, and he turns (laughs) and it like almost comes face to face with the camera, looks around, is like, oh shit, and turns and walks into a building. (laughs) It's hilarious. He loves cars. Uh, so, all right, Indiana Jones. In 2016, Disney announced that there would be a fifth indie movie released in 2019. Huh. Um, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall would produce. Uh, George and Steven would executive produce. Um, now, they, they, they were already starting pre-production in 2016, they had chosen the MacGuffin. David Kep was the screenwriter. Um, Spielberg and Kep came up with the idea together. And Spielberg was supposed to direct. Spielberg at that point was supposed to direct. Yes. Okay. Um, it was initially announced that Lucas wasn't going to be involved. Um, but then, of course, they went back on that pretty quickly and he was put on as an executive producer um, largely due to Steven Spielberg's <laughs> saying Disney no mm-hmm. um, so uh, in 2017 they pushed it back to 2020 um, because Spielberg was too busy then after making uh, the post Spielberg said Indy 5 as his next movie then in 2018, they got on some more screenwriters because they needed to, to they, they felt it needed some work, the script that they had. Um, eventually, they brought Jonathan Kasdan on to do some more writing. Uh, and at this point in 2020, February 2020, Spielberg said he wasn't going to direct it um, he thought that it needed a new, fresh perspective. Uh, at that point, they brought on James Mangold. Um, so I just want to say that James Mangold made a better Spielberg movie than Spielberg made with Crystal Skull. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, he captured all of the original Spielberg-type vibes, whereas the last movie, Spielberg didn't even capture Spielberg vibes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of the last movie that Spielberg made that felt like an 80s, like you know, a classic Spielberg. Like he's made some good movies in the last 20 years, but I don't know that he's made one that feels like that anymore. No, I don't know. There were some scenes in Fableman, but they were intentionally hearkening back to those things. So yeah, you can't say it was new. Yeah, Um, but like I I think the last movie he made that. I mean, obviously, Crystal Skull was the last movie he made that tried to feel that way. But I think the last movie he made that felt that way that was successful was probably Jurassic Park. Wow. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like I said, there's a ton of movies he's made since then that are great, but they're not that kind of movie anymore. Um, so it, it's there, since then, there's not a ton of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that was interesting. Um, They worked on it for a long time. Uh, Thanks to COVID, they polished the script for like a year before they started filming. Um, Lucas and Spielberg were both consulted by Mangold um, throughout. Uh, They, they, by all accounts, their names aren't just on it. They actually uh, were involved in, you know, in in providing uh, help with the decisions. So, um, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a real indie movie. It's not like, it's not fanfic as far as. Has Mangold made anything really since Logan? Uh, Ford v. Ferrari. That was Mangold, right? Oh, that was him. Yeah. I that, like him. That was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I like Mangold's work. Um, speaking of, yeah, we've talked about Mangold on this before, but for, as a brief refresher, of course he made Logan, um, uh, 310 to Yuma. That was a great one. Oh yeah, that was a good remake. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Wolverine he also made, of course. That was his first uh, comic book movie, the first one we covered on here. Night and Day, that was pretty good. Um, hmm. Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, that was better than it. It, 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 it didn't have a great uh, 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 reputation, but that movie's better than than its reputation deserves. But um, yeah, and like I said, on the screen writing side, we've got David Kep, who we've talked about multiple times. Uh, he wrote Chris, or he was a writer on Crystal Skull. Um, he was a writer on Jurassic Park too. Um, his his he's been doing this for years and years. Um, Death Becomes Her, Carlito's Way. Um, wow. He was a writer on The Shadow. <laughs> he wrote on Carlito's Way. Yep. Death and becomes, becomes her. So good. A good movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was. But Carlito's writer. Way is like a classic. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. No, we've. we've I talked- mean, yeah, it's the unofficial Scarface sequel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we've talked about him a lot. He was a writer on Spider Man. Um, uh, uh, he's wrote on a bunch of on some Jack Ryan movies. Um. He's 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 one of those guys that writes on a ton of stuff for people. He has a ton of like uncredited stuff. So um, John Henry, John Henry and Jez Butterworth are <laughs> a I believe. so Butterworth and John Henry. Huh. Yeah, um, they are. That's a they're a, a brother, two brothers. They're a writing team. They have screenplay credit on this. Also, they wrote on Ford v Ferrari. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. That was a that was a that was a good movie. That was a well written movie. Yes. Um, those are their biggest ones. Get oh, get up on it. The uh, James Brown biopic with uh, Chadwick Boseman. 
oh, get, get on up, up on it. Get up Is on that the it. geriatric gym? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, it. baby. Get up on it. <laughs> get on up. I was no, no, because because I saw get on up, and there's that what there's the one. I don't want to say verse because it doesn't really have verses, but in uh, on Sex Machine it says, "Get on up, get on up on it." <laughs> so, that's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That was a a draft title for the movie. Actually. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this was produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall, as we said. I would like to point out to any listeners we have that are still of the opinion that Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars or ruined anything that she was a producer on the original trilogy and she was a producer on Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade and Crystal Skull. And E.T. Yeah. and Jaws e. and Jurassic e. Park. Jaws, yeah. <laughs> like, She's worked those encounters. all the way she through. She did like, come out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, Spielberg has failed as much as she has failed. Let's all point back to George and say, 50-50 ain't bad, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but and she's another person like Steven where like there's also a personal relationship with George. And so there's almost a protectiveness and like defending batshit ideas or also being the one of the few people to be like that is a batshit idea. So uh, it's important that she's been a part of this process. I think instead of a new we- producer every time, you know. The things that we as fans make fun of George for, they probably love him for because he is a sensitive dude who comes up with these goofy ass ideas and likes to see them through. You know? uh, yeah, Coppola made sure that he had a career. He was he's obviously an endearing person. Yeah, he seems like good people. Yeah, by through all, and through. yeah, by all yeah, no, no, we make fun of George, but by all accounts, he's a, he's a good guy. I have no ill will towards George Lucas, just to be clear. Yeah. In case anybody <laughs> yeah, thought I had here. otherwise. Like, no, no, we love we love goofing on the guy, but yeah. You yeah, know. no, the man created my single favorite piece of IP that's ever existed. Like yeah, I have, if I saw him, the first thing I would yeah. probably do is be like, Can I just hug you, dude? Yeah. You, you just seem like a hugger. Can I get a hug? Oh, he's on my list of like I don't I have nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like I just I don't want to be sweet him. man. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And Kathleen Kennedy seems equally uh, outgoing and like a positive influence yeah, in her. the community. Like, let's focus our ire on the, the yeah. Brian Singers and what's-his-faces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, George, for all his faults, didn't intend to make any bad movies ever. George intended to make A New Hope and then some other movies, not yes. A New Hope and its sequel and then- for the rest of his life. That is true. So when we mostly joke about him, we joke that he's tired and sort of checked out. And yeah. part of it is that is yeah. that, that he wasn't allowed to. He, THX and American Graffiti are two very, very different movies. Oh, yeah. If the dude was allowed to break out of his own cage, he might have made very different movies. Yeah. Like well, and every time he tried to make a different movie, it wound up being compared to Star Wars. Right, it became Howard the Duck. Yeah, or what, what's that? Uh, the produced. Korean War uh, pilot movie? Oh, uh, was uh, it Korean War? The, it, I think or it was, was that World, World War II? I think it was World War II, but it was uh, the... Oh, what was it? It was... Uh, it's it's the Black Squadron yeah. of, of fighter pilots. Oh, what was that called? The f- Red Tails? Red Tails. Red Tails. Yes. And, and it got That's immediately World War compared no. to... It's, it's two. I'm it's sure. two. Yeah, it is. But it got immediately compared to Star Wars. Yeah, of course, because it's George Lucas. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like comparing every Spielberg movie to E.T. or Jaws. Yeah. Or Jurassic Park. 
or Schindler's List. I could or Raiders of the Lost Ark. All of his good movies, yeah. yeah. Or Sergio Leone, like name yeah. one of his non-Western movies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it could be worse. I mean, the man's worth like six billion dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. He's wiping his tears right. with money. Yeah. yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anyone's upset. So, uh, um. All right. So this movie. We have We're real quick. Sorry, you're about to get into casting, I think. Yeah. Um, real quick, I wanted to take a step back into Al's history corner. Um, oh, yes. Let's. The, uh, the article that I read about the Antikythera uh, mechanism, uh, the real one, made no mention of Archimedes. But now that I'm looking at the production notes for this movie, um, it says that uh, Archimedes is believed to have played a role in the creation of the real Antikythera. Mm. So I don't have any proof, but probably just uh, intuition. He was the smartest guy around at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they it, conjecture that he probably helped out with that. Well, and he had right. mechanical knowledge and mathematical yeah. knowledge. I was going to say, if nothing else, his knowledge and note, <laughs> notes, yeah. in quotes. Yeah. Well, and he was probably a destination person. People probably came from far, far and wide at the time to yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. Well, thanks. Cool. Anyway, the, that was yeah. it. Thank Hell yeah. Um, so yes, That's... our cast. Of course, we've got Harrison Ford back as Indy. Uh, Fee- Not phoning it in. I don't know how you guys Not feel. Not phoning it Not... in. Dude came to play. Dude finally. was on board. Yeah, he seemed to be having a really really good time yeah compared to the last one well he said at the end john hurts like they're interdimensional oh that was his reaction (laughs) i I think that harrison doesn't like being directed or being around george yeah i think that it brings up memories might be that that's an interesting yeah like by all accounts when they were casting indy part of the reason he wasn't in the initial casting run or uh cast uh casting uh was because he was so grumpy towards George about Han Solo that George was afraid to approach him with this. Yeah, they're very different personalities. I I bet even today Harrison Ford doesn't believe in or get the idea of the spectrum. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, did any of you guys see uh, what was the show on Apple Plus that he was just on? Harrison Ford? Shrink Jason's. Yeah, that was great. That is probably his best performance I've ever seen. Um, which He's is incredible in that. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's subtle, but that's that makes me wonder how much of his like thinking has changed over time. Becoming an he's an elderly man at this point, like has been for he is fifteen well, years. He is no, but that's the th- he's ahead. currently eighty years old. Yeah. Like, right. And how did he become more jovial and laid back? How was he grumpier in his 20s to 40s yeah. than he is? Because now he seems to be having fun. Like, uh, he's been on the Graham Norton show a couple times <laughs> recently. Like, I feel like he's doing press. That, that one interview in Blade Runner broke him. Did you see that interview with him? It was the British press. It's him and Ryan Gosling. And it's like an early morning British show. And they bring American celebs on all the time. But they drink. And it's yeah. early, and you just got off the plane. So it's him and Ryan Gosling in this 
just incredible host. I know the word, yeah. Yeah, and she's making them giggle. I think that was the moment that Harrison Ford fucking broke. I don't think that he was excited about Blade Runner. I think that making it, he kind of didn't phone it in, but I think that he was like, ah, this is just, I keep doing this with all of the movies in my career. Mm. But I think that that experience made him realize, like, dude, I can have fun doing this. I, I swear to God, I think that's the moment you can see. Like when Ralph's heart breaks, you can see his heart breaking. If you pause, uh-huh. you can see <laughs> right. him become a fun person again. Yeah. Yeah, because he seems to be having a blast he's like, these days. Holy shit. I'm rich and famous and I can make anything I want. Okay. He's like, anything I say is funny to these people? All right. Okay. Well, there's so many clips I'm seeing of him being on with, like there was on the Graham Norton show, Benedict Cumberbatch was there and he like turns to Cumberbatch and he's just like, so great to meet you. I love, uh, I love your work. And of course, Cumberbatch does the like, <gasps> like yeah. holding his chest, gasping, like did Han Solo just say he loves my work? <laughs> and, uh, and it, Harrison Ford's like, Sherlock, is amazing. And but Benedict Cumberbatch is just like I, wow. I need a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, I wow. Bet. I bet. Um did um have you guys seen um the clip that it just reminds me, have you guys seen the clip of um when Adam Scott was on was it Kimmel? I think it was Kimmel. Um and he was talking about Star Wars. And Jimmy's like, well, hold on a second. And Mark Hamill comes out and Adam yes. Scott literally starts crying. And wow. goes, this is the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't oh, know if I if I could not cry having someone surprise me with the Mark Hamill. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. Ryan, now I'm remembering Gary, if she was still around. Oh, and Mark Hamill was holding a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, all right, just adding to it. Yeah. I couldn't be more erect. I know the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I am I am very aroused. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the interview you talked about now. Um, Harrison Ford keeps intentionally getting Ryan Gosling's last name wrong. Yes. <laughs> and like having to be like, Gosling? Rosling? So I said they should hire Brian. And they... <laughs> he just keeps... Yeah, she is just I do remember. Tears. Yeah. yeah. Oh. He's like actually joking. Yeah, I... Oh. Okay, just because you brought up his name, I'm so fucking excited for the Barbie movie. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, anyways. Oh god, <laughs> you know I'm. I, I think Jude and I are going to see it in theater. I, I, I can't wait to see Kate McKinnon's cut up Barbie yes. oh. character. It's directed by Noah Baumbach, written by Greta Gerwig. Come on, and it's a Barbie well, movie. It said all I had to say in the trailer with like, if you love Barbie, this is the movie for you. If you, if you hate, Bar- hate Barbie, this is the movie for you. That's the way you sell a movie. You just come out yeah. and you'll be like, here it is, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love Barbie versus Oppenheimer is amazing. I love I know. Oh, I oh. want to see both so bad. They're both getting my money Absolutely. that day Absolutely. because I want to be able to tell my grandchildren I saw Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably one more famous than the other. And it would be amazing if they were like the same running time. <laughs> so there's you could do a thing like so if you play wow. if you play Barbie's uh, <laughs> soundtrack over Oppenheimer. Oh my god! I cannot, dude. You know that he's a Barbie girl. Yeah. Living in a Barbie world. Or the or the Oppenheimer soundtrack over Barbie. I have become yeah, death what... destroyer of Ken. Right. All of the. Quiet yet terse conversations about the morality. 
war over dance sequences. Yes. Yeah, I was surprised how much dancing there there was in the Oppenheimer trailer. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, the war conversations with Barbie makes sense. I was, We're going to blow I was surprised that the Oppenheimer is a uh, straight up musical comedy. We're going to irradiate New hey, Mexico. Hey, hey, I'm death. I'm death. I'm the destroyer hey, of worlds. Is, is Robert Downey Jr. playing Joe McCarthy? Oh, I don't know. I forget who he's playing. Anyway, that person is too good looking to be. They That's need to true. accurately portray that drunk piece of shit. Yeah. Joe McCarthy needs to be played by, like, I don't know, Alan Arkin. Alan Somebody Arkin, you now don't that he's like. Dead. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think, like, Jeff Garland or one of those actors oh. that you don't even fucking like, but yeah. just, like, fat and gross. So, all right. <laughs> I'm not fat shaming. I, folks, am, in fact, fat. <laughs> All right, our cast, our cast in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. In addition to Harrison Ford, we've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, we haven't talked about her on the main feed, but we did talk about her in our solo Patreon episode, uh, patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. She was in a Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford in it. She was in Star in Wars. Oh my gosh, she was in a Han Solo and an Indiana Jones movie. I just put that together. Um, she's so great. She's I so love watchable. her. I well, and love she has death. written so many things. Oh right. well, there's that. Yeah, she's talented. Yeah, all around. Acting yeah. was a surprise. I think. I don't think she expected yeah. to be acting. No, no, or, I think she expected to mostly just be a writer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So obviously, she's best known for Fleabag. Um. In which she's she's great in that. Um, she's also which I which I think we get some homage to Fleabag, um, in this. Also homage to Indy being like uh, horny and sleeping with all kinds of people, but just the way she talks about it seemed very uh -huh. like looking past the camera instead of looking directly at it. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. This will yeah. work. That'll work. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, no. So Fleabag, she was great in that. Um, she was. She's a, a writer and executive producer on Killing Eve, a show which kind of went off the rails towards the end. There, I haven't seen the last season of it, but goddamn, I love that show so much. It really. I don't know. I think it the, really the, went off the rails. The last season? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yet. I got to see it. I, I mean, the the second to last season opens with a wedding mm. um, that is insane. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I assume that it will be more insane. Um, the first place I saw her was in Crashing, I think. Or the first place I noticed her really was Crashing, um, which is a British sitcom, which was fine. Um, she was writer and executive producer on that. It was the what she did right before Fleabag. Um, but, uh, oh, she, yeah. Is that the one where they live in a hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live in an abandoned hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, she got her start just writing on uh uh like british sitcoms in the 20, 2000, late 2000s early 2010s um but yeah she's she is great um we've got mads mickelson as jürgen voller uh mad there's something captivating about that dude but he plays the same sort of characters over and over including lecter yeah, but yet he's watchable. Um, very, I very watchable. I just watched Casino Royale a couple of days ago. Oh, that's a and good. It was, 
it's so cool to see because that's his like archetypal well, I was going to say his most badass. I bet, I bet his yearbook said most likely to be a Bond villain for real. Like, next to Christoph Waltz. Oh yeah. Well, and my favorite Mads Mikkelsen thing. I think I've talked about it before. Is the Rihanna video? Oh yes. He, he was in Bitch Better Bitch Better Have My Money, and yeah. he didn't know who Rihanna was. His children told him, "You have to be in this music video. It's Rihanna." And he said, "Yes." What is it? Because I am the bitch. <laughs> I think it's the quote. <laughs> But I do what my children say. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, Mad Mickelson. Uh, the last time we talked about him was in Doctor Strange. Um, this the is the first time we talked about him. Yes, the first time was, oh, was, was in Rogue One. Yes, thank you. Oh yeah. So this is the third Mads Mickelson film we've uh, covered on the podcast. Antonio Banderas as Ronaldo. Um, yeah, most famous for being a cat now, I guess. For being a cat, Puss, for being Puss, Puss in Boots. Boots. Oh, Puss, Puss in Boots. Puss Boots. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I so funny. I, um, I mean, to me, he's always going to be a uh, 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 desperado. Same. And El Mariachi. El Mariachi. The, yeah. the dad in the uh, Spy, Spy Kids, Kids movie. Spy Kids movies, which a series which is on our list to maybe someday think about. Please, we did God, one. no. <laughs> no, no, we, we did, did Sky oh, no, High. We did Shark Boy and Shark Lava Boy Girl. Shark and Lava Girl. <laughs> hey, guys, we are lucky that the sequel went straight to Netflix, so that didn't end up on our list. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, John Reese davies is back as Sala. Uh, Toby Jones as Basil Shaw. I feel like he was in something else we did recently. Um, Pops up. He's Armin Zola in the MCU. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. and we should say for those who don't know about Jonathan Reese Davies is Gimli. If you don't know, yeah, yeah. I think we've yeah. mentioned that a few yes. times. On, yeah, on I now. think we did. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. No, no. To, yeah, he was he was Zola. Um, uh, I feel like something recently though. No? I'm not seeing anything. He is Zola. I th- I hope they bring weird robotic Zola into <laughs> the. I think they with will. the giant head on his chest, but he still has shoulders and a. <laughs> I hope the multiverse gives us a Hydraverse. Yeah, that would be wild. That would be. It would just be fun. Be stupid. Bring back what's his name, Red Skull, and all that shit too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> instead, instead of his gig as uh, Ancestry.com <laughs> on Vormir, <laughs> son of a Lars. Ancestry.com. We're like, wait, son, son of who now? <laughs> Yeah, let's go to Vormir and see who we're related to. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, what do you know? That's, uh, many families were broken up on Vormir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boyd Holbrook uh, plays Clabber. Clabber. I like that guy. Yeah. He is in every Mangold movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. He is. Yeah, he was in Logan. Yeah. He was in Logan. Uh, he's, he's the Corinthian in the uh, Sandman series. Yes, yep. he is. God, oh. he's so good. Yeah. He um, exceeded my expectations. I, at first, I was a little bit worried when I saw him in the first couple of scenes, but yeah. He's he's in this new movie that BJ Novak wrote and directed, and I'm not a big oh, fan um, of BJ Novak. Vengeance. Or no, Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. A good I still movie. haven't finished But it. he started, He first time I recognized him was on Narcos, and the first two seasons of Narcos are just fucking awesome. Yeah. He's good. I I buy him as an Alabama Nazi. Yep, I really do. 
Uh, yeah, he's that, a, that he, was one. He's an Aryan-looking good that old was, boy. That was one of my uh, unanswered questions. How? How is that an unanswered question? There are Nazis in Alabama, Thoreau. Is especially that, then. Especially yeah. then. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, that's real. Yeah. That, George well, Norman well, Like, why were these guys yeah. so, why were these Alabama racists so into George this one dude? <laughs> because, because I guarantee you he went looking for Nazis who were loyal. And okay. he found these two yokels and he bought them. Well, and during a project paperclip, when we brought Nazi scientists over, they were put at universities that were very low key so that their work would not be noticed. If they all went to MIT and shit, everything they did would be published. So they sent the Nazis to places like Alabama. Mm -hmm. So yeah. A, their racial hatred could be <laughs> No, but yeah, so they wouldn't be noticed in their, you know. He spent 30 years in the U.S. South. Yeah. That's fucking crazy in yeah. Alabama. Wow. Well, you that, see his subtle disgust throughout. That's, that is such a nuanced thing that you don't get on first block. If I had to live in Alabama for 20 years, I also would not want to meet Nixon. I mean, yeah, that's right. It, wait, was Nixon president in 69? Yep. Wow. Yeah. He was president Ooh. during the moon landing. Who was the asshole who got shot? Wasn't he from that? Was he from Alabama? That got shot? He was. <laughs> it's not McGovern because McGovern's a Democrat. It oh, was. Um... Oh, uh, 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 Wallace? Yes, George Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Mississippi? Yeah. Alabama? Yeah. One of those. Uh, it was Alabama. Yeah. No, that was Mississippi, wasn't it? Birmingham? No, but that's Alabama. Birmingham's Alabama. Birmingham's Alabama. Yeah. yeah. If Forrest Gump is all in Alabama. So that's how I know Wallace is yeah. in Alabama. It you just occurs to me. Boat? Just occurs to me that Space Camp is in Alabama. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. In between yeah. Cape Canaveral and Houston. Yeah. NASA's Space Camp. Okay. Huh. So um For those who don't know what I'm talking about. So we've got Ethan Isabor as Teddy, the sidekick kid. Yep. Oh, the little boy. Yeah. Yeah. The little sh short he, round. He's a he's a French actor. He's been on a couple French TV shows. This is his first movie. Um He was good. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Um I don't yeah, I don't I I yeah, I don't know if he's as uh, personable as short round, but he he was good. No, he's not, but a lot of people understood the assignment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh Shanette Renee Wilson as the uh, CIA agent. Mason was her name. Um, she was in Black Panther. She was one of the Dora Milaje. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, Thomas Kretschmann as the uh, head Nazi in the uh, beginning of the movie in 1944. Um, wasn't he in Star Trek? Al? Who? Oh, the, new ones? the Nazi. Huh. He's in Discovery? I thought he was one of the captains in Disco. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe he was like the... He's the evil guy? In the beginning? He, the one he turns yeah. Season one, he turns out to be, to yeah. be evil. I think you are you may be right. He in seems this, Nazi enough. But yeah. He's the guy on the plunder train, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. In this, he is Colonel Weber. Yes. Like like one of those Nazis who didn't get the memo. It's just like Hitler's shooting himself right now. Well, it's not over for me. Oh, dude. Oh, he was also Strucker. In oh, oh, he's Herr Strucker. Strucker. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I am his first going go to go as a Nazi. 
Yeah. I'm, that's the best Strucker line in that whole fucking run. Yeah. And no he, surrender. And he plays. He played Hans Oberhauser Inspector. Oh. Yeah. Dude's. Yep. Holy shit. He's like that bald um, British villain. First Shazam movie. You know who I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Strong. You know, just right. It's just like that. He's evil British villain. This guy is German. Evil German. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's in Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool was the uh <laughs> which is the original Avengers title. <laughs> Infinity Pool is uh the first big movie by Brent Brandon Cronenberg. Uh uh David Son. David Son, yeah. Um so alright. We're we're still talking about Crutchman, right? Yeah. Um we saw him in Blade Two. Okay. I don't I rem- oh oh Blade Two. Was he one of the one of the guys that was—he <laughs> wasn't a guy. <laughs> With the face I, I, and the eyes. Uh, he was Damaskinos. I mean, the blade. Is two. that the one where the vampires had the penthouse, uh, like headquarters? Yes. Like it was in a modern so. penthouse, yes. but somehow that was a gothic castle. No, no, no. Wait, yeah. What? Yes, yes, yes. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, additionally, of course, we have back in uh, uh, Karen Allen was back as Marion um, and as Archimedes. We have Nasser Mamarzia. Um, let's see. He is in. Uh, oh, he was in. Uh, he was in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know who he played in that, but um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's a character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but um, that's about it for the cast. That's about it for the production. All right. Um, reviews. So, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny currently has sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is fresh. It is the lowest. Rotten Tomatoes score of any indie movie. Okay, not enough people have seen it yet. Well, no, no, no. That's critics. That's the critics. Oh, score. that's the critics score. Um, Fuck that. Audience score is eighty nine percent. Okay. It has over a thousand Already. ratings. It's verified. Wow. Um, so, this okay. I found this really interesting. So I did critics audience for all five movies, and this is how it plays out. And IMDb, but um, IMDb is a little less. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the uh, critics, this is critics audience for Raiders. 93% on critics, 96% on audience. That is obviously the highest rated in either category. Um, Yeah. Raiders. Yeah, it's Raiders. Temple of Doom is only 77% critics, 82% audience. Right now, uh, Dial of Destiny has a higher audience score than Temple of Doom. Hmm. You are muted, Brian. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last Crusade, 84% fresh critics, 94% audience. So that's the second most popular one. That's considered the second best here. Crystal Skull, 
This is one is interesting. 77% with critics. Critics liked Crystal Stall better than Dial of Destiny, but audience, 53%. By far, far the lowest. It's the only one not at least in the 80s for audience. I'm curious about the Crystal Skulls thing. I wonder how much of it was people saying like, ooh, we really love the effects and the use of effects in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so or, or the nostalgia around bookending the yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But That's yeah, weird, Bill. But yeah, this it's funny. Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny are almost exact opposites. In Crystal Skull, critics liked it. Audiences hated it. So far, Dial of Destiny, critics are lukewarm. Audiences are loving it. So, so I have to ask before we get started. We all saw this together, but afterwards I dropped a giant cherry coke <laughs> on myself. So I just went ahead and left. But did we all like this? I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved it too. It's not perfect, but I thought it. No, was no, it's not perfect. It's not my favorite indie movie, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I had a good time. <laughs> oh, ow! Huh? I mean, I had a good time. All right. Uh, so I, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. No pressure, Al. <laughs> you don't have to like it a lot, but it was. Well, and uh, our buddy Cody joined us. Mm-hmm. Cody also liked it a lot. Uh, Cody hated the Last Jedi. I really liked the Last Jedi. Thought that was an interesting. Yeah, I liked. Thing. We, oftentimes, if we disagree on movies, uh, the public disagrees on the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Jude liked this one a lot. Um. I think he, uh, I think he thinks this is his. I think he definitely liked this better than Temple of Doom or Crystal Skull. Um, I'm not sure about Raiders. He he was strangely lukewarm on Raiders, like, but he loved Last Crusade. So, um, but uh, I've got a cu- I've got a couple letterbox reviews here. Um, this first one. All right. <clears throat> First review by Gabe Reviews. This is genuinely not only the worst movie of 2023, but the worst movie of the 2020s. This is also the worst movie of all time. The plot gave me crippling depression. The characters were destroyed, especially Indiana Jones, and the action scenes were horrible and bloated to watch. Why the fuck does film even exist in the first place? I know why, because they must turn Indy from a competent, strong, and fierce character into a broken, sore loser who wants to die. Making <laughs> so sh- aging is unfamiliar for right? this guy. Making sure broken, that- sore loser who wants to die is a great, yeah. great line, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's accurate, but that's intentional. Making we sh- all become that. <laughs> yeah. Making sure that Phoebe Waller can show her beauty and her intelligence when she's literally one of the most insufferable bitches I've ever seen on the big screen. <laughs> and and she's those the worst quotes? part of the film. Yes. Okay. And she's the worst part of the film. Another Mary Sue that has to be better than Indy at everything because she has to be. That's the only story that Lucas films can tell because they can't write for crap. Also, the Nazis are not the only bad guys that exist. Shit. Fuck you, Kathleen Kennedy, for ruining one of the most iconic action heroes of all time. Avoid this like the plague. Fuck this movie. Gabe reviews. What other bad guys? 
are there than the Nazis for Indiana Jones? We tried the Russians last time. Hard. Yeah. The fucking Koreans or something. Big. Like the Vietnamese. Yeah. It's the 60s. Sorry, I'm thinking the 50s in the last movie. Like, who is he supposed to be fighting other when than the Nazis? If you're critiquing a movie with the Nazis, just stay away from the Nazis. You know, like, just avoid giving an opinion about Nazis because you're going to end up rambling your way into a. I mean, there's yeah. there's situations like that Lars von Trier the, the, interview. There's this. I mean, this is obviously the same big 4chan incel vibes as the guys that thought that oh. Ray, Ray was a Mary Sue. Yes, they yeah. just don't want to see a a female character do anything other than be there for the male character to kiss. So this guy agrees with Indiana Jones when Indy said too many Nazis. Yes. <laughs> yep, in this movie I think it's really funny the criticism of a female character taking up the mantle um, because she doesn't do anything that's unlike what Indy is capable of doing yeah like Ray she doesn't do anything that Luke's incapable of doing right if, you know like picking up yeah. skills quickly are things that characters do in movies because they're two hours long mm -hmm. and also I mean clearly they literally tell us that she has a lot of backstory off-screen, like yeah. like Indiana Jones, who yeah, right. we see him the first time going like, "Oh, I can get in and out of this temple, no problem." What the fuck? Yeah. Anyways, is well, it's complaining, complaining that he's old and grizzled. It's, so he he lost a son, and then his wife left him. He's totally bored with his fucking job, but they forced him to retire. He he's not that old as far as yeah. retiring. You know, Marcus Brody was much older than him. So it, he they couldn't have set it up more clearly. That is, it's like Gabe reviews. Come on, dude. Like that's exactly well, I, I, what it was. The alternative being if he was he's married done. and and raising his fifty year old son with fucking karen allen is that well, what you wanted right like, well we're not raising yeah is that what you wanted yeah. exactly like, mutt is exactly. living in their house with them like what the fuck well okay so right. i mean in 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 if if we judge judge okay so timeline wise judging by the fact that in 1912 when he was river phoenix he was probably about 15 years old right Guessing yeah, around we 15, could, 16. We could say 13 to 15 if it needs to work for chronology. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. So he was probably born around 1897 or so, right? Maybe like so at this point, he's probably 70. In Indy is probably Indy, 70. Uh, yeah. Yes. Right. Because, you know, especially back then, they considered 65 to be the retirement -ish age. Yeah. And so, yeah, if he's 70, right. Yeah. What is a 70? 70 i think for a 70 year old indy's doing a lot like what I, do you, yeah what do you want i think so yeah he wasn't crippled by his oldness yeah, uh, yeah. and you know kids don't realize that um especially around that time like you said nixon was president but the american nazi party was a thing yeah. They were an actual political thing, you know. It's not like the Ku Klux Klan is terrorist organization. They were a political something. There were, so it's not like like oh they crammed Nazis back into it, right? So nope. yeah, see that's the thing about okay twenty twenty three and the or the twenty twenties the fact that Nazis are back. Yeah, that's bullshit. It sucks. We thought we got rid of them, 
But also we forget that they were literally dressing up as in Nazi uniforms all the way up until the 80s. It wasn't until yeah. the 80s that that kind of stopped. Alabama Nazis are not unusual at this point in history. Yeah. No, but they the, but that was an Rockwell, interesting... uh what's his name George George Lincoln no Lincoln Rockwell. Rockwell. He was I a, thought he was I the said Nazi Norman party person. the Nazi yeah. party president. Bob Dylan mentioned him in songs early yeah. on. They you were, know, they, like 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 he had a radio show. Like the Nazis yes. the Nazi party was featured in the Blues Brothers. Right. Yeah. When they won that um uh, Supreme Court Case. The Illinois Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Nazis I, I agree the with word. the Supreme Court ruling, but they—they they even mangled, even made that dichotomy. You know, the two boys from Alabama—they're racists. Matt Mickelson certainly is a supremacist, but oh, yeah. you know, it's that thousand-year right, that larger sort of um, uh, goals well, or perspective, not just like you know, those two boys. Those are burning cross on your lawn type boys. Great to use as tools but you know Mads Mikkels is like I'm gonna go back in time and restore the right yeah I'm not yeah. just gonna like well, beat up kids at a lunch counter and Hitler's views on black Americans were complicated not to give they were. any fucking room to breathe on no, being but, an evil terrible human being but like he was impressed by Jesse Owens winning in Berlin mm-hmm. well not just that but like, in both World War One and World War Two, the Germans appeals to black american soldiers they, often like their are, propaganda was are you treated too. yeah like oh yeah. are you you're fighting for these people are you treated better back home because in germany blah, blah, it's, blah, we, blah, blah. we hear a lot about it in vietnam gi gi go home that that whole right. propaganda thing but the germans were so much better at it because we were so much worse yeah in they're the like 40s than we were because they use the that logic of like has a german ever done anything to you yeah what about an American? Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I think that Schmidt. You're right. It was name? a compliment. Um, Schmidt in this. Name? Oh, uh, Fuller. 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 Uh, yeah, it's funny that he had two German names. He's like, oh, it's Fuller. Schmidt. It's not, not this other Nazi name. <laughs> well, they gave him yeah, just so a fake take. German they, name. They anglicized yeah. it into Smith too. So yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. All right, I got one more review. <laughs> Oh, that first one was half a star, by the way, if we hadn't guessed up. Um, <laughs> one more review. Hannibal versus Fleabag. Fight! Five stars. <laughs> ah, you know. All right. Yeah. Um, all the fi- there weren't a whole lot of interesting reviews. They were mostly kind of straight ahead and, like, actually talking about the movie. Yeah. So. It's still early days. Yeah. I, I watched a couple of uh, YouTube reviewers, and it was really interesting to see people up and down about it. Um, there were people that said it was worse than Crystal Skull and some people that said it was as good as Last Crusade, which I thought was insane. Yeah, I don't know but, if I uh, can agree with that. Yeah, it's a nice happy number three for me. You know? I, 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 at the end of this, I'm going to have us all um, give our personal rankings for, yeah. for the Indiana Jones series. Judgment. Our personal favorite, like, yeah, the best favorite, whatever, however you want to think of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see how we all come down. Um, so that's about all I got there, guys. Are we ready to jump into the movie? Yes, yes. All right. There's last, no fridges this time. Last warning. I'm going to spoil every single thing in this movie. If you don't want to know, this is your last chance to not know everything 
about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And honestly, a lot of the spoilers are in, are endearing Indiana Jones moments that you would want to see. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. More so than the conceit of the whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you're still listening, stop. Go watch the movie. It's really good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we happen to know, even if you can't go to the theater, you can watch a cam rip of it. <laughs> yep. It's amazing. Right. Here we go. This is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We open in Europe, 1944. I was unclear. In were they, Germany. They were in Germany. We're in Germany. I didn't know if they were yeah, in Occupied Berlin. I didn't know if they were in we Occupied were. France. No, we are in we are headed from France to Germany. Um or not even from France. We're headed from the outskirts of Germany. I'm pretty sure that they are in Neuschwanstein. Mm. I'm I'm not hundred oh. percent, but it looks kinda like it in the dark. Because they don't but they're show trying, it to, they're trying to get the mm. shit they stole out of Berlin, right? Before it's no, no, no. They're, no, they're trying to get it to Berlin because that was the last oh. they were the taking it stand. to the Fuhrer. Because they yeah, thought that Berlin was defensible because... Oh, yeah, of course they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also we see later that the train was going through the Alps. Oh, so were they like in... Like Austria, Switzerland? Is so the, the Alps? Alps? The Alps they, no, so the Alps are in Italy, Switzerland, and Austria. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They could have been coming from somewhere the on the, the French border. Yeah, there are French yeah. Alps, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. either way, they're in Europe in the midst of World War II, towards the end of World War II. Yeah, the end days of yeah. World War II. Um, Indiana Jones is captured by the Nazis. He's going to be executed by a hanging. We meet Voller, a Nazi scientist who has retrieved the Lance of Longinus, which we saw Fear of in Destiny. We saw yeah. the spear in what was that movie that we watched? Where was it Constantine? Was it? Maybe. Where it was the lance that that cut yeah, Christ's the, side while he's being crucified? The yeah. centurion that yeah. yeah I think him. I think that was in Constantine. They found it in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Or something. Yeah. yeah um, this. The de aging worked. I thought. The, I guess they got that tech down. Finally. Yeah. Let's talk about the de aging. I thought it was really good. It was, I thought it was 90% of, of where it needs to be to be completely unnoticeable. There needed to be some more uh, hand-waving tricks, I think. Um, they did, they darkened the space around him so that you're not uh, confused by the, the change in focus and the softness between the things behind him and his face or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they, there were some motions and things. Uh, to me personally, the hand waving that I wanted to see earlier in the movie was him talking, the because voice. it became it became well. And and not it, I don't care that he sounds like an eighty year old man. He spent way too long, in my opinion, as Indiana Jones, not mouthing off to Nazis. Mm. That was the one thing where, like, I remember watching like three minutes of this and thinking he hasn't said anything for a while. That's because it's hard to make his mouth move and look normal. Oh my God! How long are we gonna go without him saying anything? This is Indiana Jones. That was like the first concern I had in the movie. I was like, oh. But then he talks to Shaw, and it's fine. But like, I mean, I just would have liked him to make jokes. I would have liked a little bit of a de-aged voice. They did it for Luke in um in Book of Boba Fett, and uh, I uh, and Mandalorian. I saw the funniest uh, head cannon and why he doesn't talk and why his voice sounds like that in the first scene though. 
what do we see happening to Indiana Jones? Oh, he gets hung. He's being hung yeah. by a rope. Yeah, okay. And that's going to, if anything's going to mess your voice up, it's being hung from a bell tower and then swung around by a bomb. Okay, yeah, fair. I was like, I was like okay, I'll buy that. Okay. We, we brought it up recently, um, but um, he's running his own agenda, of course, but he is a colonel. He's yeah. actually serving. So he he was a spy. He was dressed as yeah. a German He's soldier. Yeah, yeah. So you know, sort of different vibe that you carry yourself. With. I'm glad we did get a piece of Indy's World War II adventures because this we were is all I wanted. About, we were this talk- is all I wanted from yeah. Crystal Skulls. Yeah, we were talking about wanting to see that in Crystal Skull when they mentioned it, and yeah, we get we get like 30 minutes of it, and yeah. it's the end of the war which is such a cool time for them to have highlighted because that's, uh, I just watched Jojo Rabbit last week uh-huh. because the end the end of the war is the most interesting part from a from being inside Germany. You know, being inside Germany during the strong parts of the war, not to say that there aren't terrible things happening inside Germany, like, but like watching the Germans collapse back in on Berlin is an interesting po- point in history because it happened like yeah. that. It happened yeah. so fast. Well, Hitler's I- dead and then there's like 48 hours before they're, Done. Yeah, and it's like mass chaos throughout the continent. Like, yeah, yeah, very. Well, that's why you could tell that Indy had to shift his focus um, because, well, they made that movie. There was an Allied team. They made that movie, uh, Monument Men. Yeah, um, but like he knew that that's what was going to happen. Like the Germans were going to destroy artifacts. They were going to squirrel them away. Mm-hmm. So it was like a fast yep. power grab kind of situation. Well, and he says, once he realizes, I have to stop this train. Once he realizes that train is full of booty, full, just yeah. crate after crate after crate. I they call it a plunder train. train. Yeah. Literally yeah. plunder trains. I, I love that that's his first reaction, though. He's such a fucking Boy Scout. He's a superhero. Mm-hmm. I was going to stop this train, and then I saw you, and now I have to save you. I love, I just love this yeah. setup so much. It's perfect. Yeah. No, it's, I love this beginning a lot. It's just yeah. great. Um, so Voller realizes Lance of Longinus is a fake. Uh, the Nazis leave uh, and leave Indy to be hung up in the tower. They capture Indy. I, I bet he is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they capture Indy's friend, uh, Basil Shaw, who is posing as a German bird watcher. He's a archeo- fellow archaeologist from Oxford. They board the plunder train and leave. He's uh, wearing lederhosen. Yeah. He yeah. Is a, he is a bad spy. <laughs> yeah, and what a what a what a time to look at birds when that area is being carpet bombed. Right. But you know, like yeah. the British were like, Oh yeah, you 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 got yours coming now, motherfucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> I bet there were a lot of birds just doing their normal bird thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he does kind of we see that. all like, the planes and troopers flying. He in. says the bombings changed the path of the birds. Yeah, he which does is say totally that. a birder thing to do. Be like, oh yeah, I just was following their new migratory path because I've been following it for the past thirty years. I'm just a silly old man. It was kind of believable if you've ever met Germans in Germany. That's yeah. kind of how they yeah. are. Especially <laughs> now, they're very like, we're just folksy people. I swear. We left the well, and it's that great indie formula of where he he has sort of an older type sidekick yeah. who is capable as far as this. Science and knowledge, but sort of inept. Well, and always gets himself caught. Right. Yeah, yeah the Marcus type. Kid. So, Mar- like, Marcus knows all these languages. He's going to be, he'll never right. find it. He's going to blend right in. Right. <laughs> and most times, all he has to do is pretend to be an old white guy and he's still like, <laughs> yeah. 
But you know what I mean? Like that we talked about the rando that they used in Crystal Skull without, you know, like Marx is dead. They there was a framed oh, picture. What's but his name? Suddenly, Ray, um, the CIA guy. Who was a CIA no. guy? Well, we did talk about that, how it oh, took yeah. like two other people to make up for Marcus. But you, oh, you know, John the Hurt, dean, yeah. the guy who said he was um, retiring. Yeah, that dude. Because that was dean, just so. Dean Charlie. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Toby Jones, it worked so much better. So yeah. much more seamlessly. I don't know. Yeah. No, I bought Toby Jones as this archaeologist yeah. that Indy somehow got to come along with him and just occupied like yeah europe in the war um so all right um meanwhile on the okay no so india escapes from the nazis w- from being hanged with the help of an allied bomb that was <laughs> that was so windy i love the bomb getting caught on the rug and, slow- and slowly <laughs> watching it shuffle in as people are yeah. watching it it's uh-huh. that's good movie making yeah, because we all know what just happened. We all and, understand the risk. And going through all the floors before it finally blows up. Yeah, yeah. and people just not sure what to do. Yeah, yeah. like what the human, the situation? human, in, the human instinct is to look. It's like the Elmer Fudd kind of like, what's wrong with my gun? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I got to <laughs> see why this bomb has not exploded. Uh, so yeah, um, he escapes. He uh, heads. Uh, he gets out of the tower, heads out, and uh, pretends to be a driver, a Nazi driver. Or well, he tries to steal a car, and two officers get in. So then he has to pretend to be their driver. And this is classic, Andy. He knocks on the window, and the guy rolls the window down, and he punches him in the face. Yeah, classic, yeah. Andy. Well, and and classic. The part, the the part that I thought worked best for me with de aging was when he put on the helmet because he really looked yeah. like a young Harrison Ford trying to blend in. Yeah, he did. And I love the it's a Monty Python joke, of course. It's been used as a Nazi joke, but like where all the young Nazi like soldiers, you know, Hill Hitler, see, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a hurry. Right. Like, yes, yes, Hail Caesar and all that. Yeah. Uh so um he he uh is is driving along and he's uh, trying to get to the train, but of course the Nazis in the back think they're just going to Berlin. So he ends up <laughs> having <laughs> all the Nazis in the back. <laughs> <laughs> the roof is on fire. Um, it it's, is getting hot in here. <laughs> so take off all your clothes. Well, <laughs> and we get. We get a classic Indiana Jones shuffle to the vehicle you want to be. Yes. In, yes. Trading the paperclip for the house. Yeah, exactly. So he, yeah. So he ends up in, a, there's two motorcycles in this convoy. He ends up uh, having to fight the motorcycle guys, punching the Nazis in the back. He ends up getting on a motorcycle. He crashes the sidecar into a tree. So it's fast yeah. enough to catch up with the train. Like all of yep. these Rube Goldberg steps all end with the goal. Like yeah. they're not just right. meandering like they were Indies doing crazy stuff. Like in Crystal Skulls, that's all that was happening. It's, that's it all feels that was like happening. Last Crusade where like everything is going towards this goal of I have to do the next thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and no, classic indie, classic fucking indie. I have to do the thing, but first I have to save my own ass. Yeah, exactly. Because I've gotten myself in quite a predicament. <laughs> a sticky situation. 
<laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so finally he catches up and boards the train. Uh, meanwhile, on the train, Voler uh, told his Nazi bosses that um, the Lance is fake, but he's found half of Archimedes' dial. Um, the uh, the uh, what's it called? The well, uh, what is it, Al? Antikythera. Antikythera. Um. So have you met the Fuhrer? <laughs> which in history was the name of the island off of which they found the the real okay dial. Okay. Was it near Syracuse? Was it near Sicily? I wonder. That's a good question. So um so anyways, uh yeah. The uh um he believes that the uh Dial has magical powers. His Nazi bosses are not so sure. Um, meanwhile, uh, uh, Basil um, here overhears this. Uh, Indy gets on the train, finds this, <laughs> manages to get to the spear. He has to, he has to, like, yeah, sneak his way up to where the spear is being held. He gets the spear, has to get out of there. Sees it's a fake, finds all the other loot, has to get out of that. He ends up getting, at this point, the Nazis have heard he's on the train, so all of the Nazis leave Basil to go get Indy. Indy makes it back to where Basil is, rescues Basil, and uh, Basil grabs the dial, and then they head out. They get on top, well, no, yeah, they get on top of the train and are having to run to the front. There's the chase, they fight Nazis. The uh, the anti-aircraft gun. Yes, there's the anti-aircraft yeah. gun on the front. Which uh, oh, did we did we talk about him just getting on the train with the the faraway shot of the the theme? Da 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 da. Which da 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 da. And yeah. then we cut to the action. And that's the first time we hear that theme <sighs> in the film. It's such a good way to yeah. show though the de like like I said the hand waving part of the de aging thing. I wanted more of this. I wanted more of like, this is what Indiana Jones looks like. You know him by silhouette because he's yeah. so well, well and that, known that, to you. That seemed like it was in a direct homage to him on top of the submarine and Raiders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or or the, the train. Uh, there was there was other train stuff in Last Crusade, right? Weren't they on the train? Yeah. Yeah. The, the first scene with River Phoenix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a train, a circus train. So kind of t- tying it all together in that sense. I... And yeah, I just love, I love train that. action sequences. We've talked about it before. It's the but beginning of film. Butch Cassidy it's, or something, but yeah. And the, like, the great train oh, you're right. was the first great film ever or, yeah. made. Well, and right. one of the first ever made was just that train arriving yeah. in the station. Train yeah. freaked everybody out. People thought it was coming at them. Trains yeah. are just so cinematic. Oh, idiots. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They're they're allowed. An, they're big. They're an, easy to follow from one place. Well, and they make I a line across travel. the screen, which is artistically, like it, as far as composition goes, very satisfying. Like, yeah, they they can level. create their. Own I feel like we all just line. discovered trains are cool. <laughs> it's like oh, a, I've uh, always thought so. It's like a mobile corridor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. like a hallway that moves. Yeah, it's like a Chris Nolan fight just waiting to happen. <laughs> like one of those railroad apartments. Yeah. Maybe they were named after this. <laughs> <laughs> uh so all right. Um anyways, at yeah, the Allied uh begin doing a bombing run on the train. 
uh, they get to the, um, they're, they're about to, they're going to jump off, but then, uh, Voler shows up. They are able to take Voler out. Uh, basically. Well, first, first, uh, Weber, the, the uh, Colonel, he's oh, got the, the he's got the fake spear point and he's like using that yeah. as a knife in the tunnels. Oh yeah. The tunnels are going through the tunnels. Uh, they don't take out oh. Voler, but then it, it makes a great joke later on when he sees him again for the first time because Voler gets hit. Yeah. And, and by, by something one of those, stationary. Those things that swing out on trains. A yeah. bell. So it's a bell. That's why later on when Indy's like, oh. do you know who I am or whatever? He's like, your face rings a bell. <laughs> oh. oh, it's it a bell. Okay. Usually it sounds rings it was- a bell. Like the name rings a bell. Yeah. The title rings a bell. But yeah, he's like, yeah, your face rings a bell. <laughs> Good catch, Josh. Yeah. I um, left out loud. Thanks. Yeah, that is that. I missed that completely. Yeah, so did I. That was good. Um, so, all right. Um, they jump off the train at the last minute into a river just as it derails on a bridge that got destroyed by the Allied bombers. I, I love Toby Jones uh, Shaw's actions throughout this. He tells uh, the colonel or whoever, the German guy, tunnel <laughs> on yeah. accident. And then he's on top of the train going, don't blow up the bridge. And he's <laughs> like, they can't, they can't see you. Right, <laughs> like he's got to be so annoyed with him at that point. Yeah. Just like we have to jump. Are you ready to jump? Please jump. God damn uh, it! He's like, he's so annoyed at him because uh, uh, he already shot him. Yes, and uh, he yeah. shot yeah. Indy. Ba- yeah. Basil shoots Indy accidentally before shooting the right guy. Yeah. Yep. The inept sidekick. Uh, so more yeah. trouble than uh, than help. And. When he tells, when Indy tells him they have to jump, he's like, "What about my dicky knee?" <laughs> yeah, his dicky knee. That's a Brit. Uh, um, and talking about the great train robbery, but like this is, you know, it actually reminds me of Harold Lloyd's The General, mm. where they actually did crash a train off a bridge. It's just so fucking cinematic to see something that large. Just oh, uh, wasn't was the General Buster Keaton? No. Oh, yes. Was it? I think the general was Buster Keaton. Okay. Wasn't maybe. that one of the most expensive shots like ever filmed for like 40, 50 years? Yeah. And it's based on a true story of a civil war story that's interesting. I won't get into it, but runaway trains. Yeah. Yeah. I had to check it. It, it was Buster. Yeah. It was Buster Keaton. Cool. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So, um, all right. So, uh, they are. Hang on. Uh, in answer to Josh's geography question, uh, the island of Antikythera is closer to Crete than Sicily. All right. So All it's right. Be- between the uh, the south of Greece and Crete. So they're been, sa- been made there or stolen and taken. Interesting. So, all right, they're safe. They land in the river. They start walking off and we hard cut 25 years later, 1969. Um. Indy is sleeping on a uh, recliner and he gets woken up by some long hairs <laughs> blasting the Beatles. Which was awesome. But so some important things like we're seeing Indy be idle. So it's the first time we really saw TV play a, 
a role in his life. But we we did not often see him sitting on his ass doing nothing. And he's asleep yeah. in the recliner. There's empty beer bottles and empty beer cans. And he fell asleep watching the TV. He's depressed. Well, also, it's it's a way of bringing him in to the modern era. Crystal Skull was so heavy handed with the like space age. Now he's in the space age with the, the bomb and all that shit. Mm-hmm. This was way better at doing that with having the moon landing. Like he, he even says similar. And so does the German guy that like we haven't even found everything that's cool here. And we're celebrating that you went to explore Baron Rock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the conflict. Indy's not that impressed with it. He's like, great. Now, now we're, we're going to explore shit that I, I I feel like if George had been like heavy, like heavily involved in this storyline, he would have been like, oh yeah. And then he accidentally gets aboard Apollo 11 and goes to the moon with them. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah like they a moon situation. I was for sure. I was surprised, uh, but I appreciate that they showed him shirtless. So yeah, let's For talk sure. about that. Harrison Ford at eighty is, is doing pretty good. Yeah. And when he does put a shirt on, turns out he's a Cubs fan. Uh, oh, ooh, yeah, and he's he's got it on backwards, huh? But yeah, no, um, I've I, apparently because you know he's married to Callista Flockhart. Apparently, she made him stop flying, but he's. <laughs> but he can't stop doing something that involves movement. So apparently he took up bicycle riding, biking. He's uh-huh. a, but he's he's like a full spandex bike rider too. So one of the the clickety yeah. shoe gang. One of them guys, yeah. So uh yeah, I just imagine there's somewhere around LA you can see Harrison Ford in like <laughs> the full bright yellow <laughs> spandex. With some random sponsorship on Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, he gets woken up by magical mystery tour. He's living alone and seems like he might have a drinking problem at this point, honestly. Yeah, maybe. Or just, yeah, everything hurts, you know? I mean, yeah. If you're not into painkiller, you know, if you're old school, then that's what you did. You drank whiskey. Yeah. Things were hurting. You drank if things were hurting. Yeah. Yeah. He's the greatest generation. He drinks. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, no, he's before the greatest generation. He was in his 40s during World War II. That's true. If he was born, yeah, what did you say, 1897? Late 1890s. Yeah, because he was definitely more than 12 in 1912. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's, but Brian's right. He served. In World War II. Right. So well, I mean, he, you're both you're both correct. Yes, yeah, yes. he is of the generation that drank for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, he uh, he's uh, living there alone. Uh, we see that there's a divorce, some divorce papers on the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the day of the big parade for the Apollo 11 astronauts in New York. He moves the fridge magnet over Marion's face. Like he's staring longingly at it for like two seconds, three seconds, and then moves the magnet. And that comes back later as a cute joke. So yeah. I'm mentioning it. Yes. Um, so he uh, he goes to college where he's teaching a class, despite the fact that it seems everyone else has taken the day off work. Um, and how bored are all the students? Oh. We've Every time we've seen yes. Indy in, in the classroom, 
they're in the, the first time it was that they were all infatuated with him. He was a hot professor. But then in, in Last Crusade, they were genuinely interested in archaeology. These were, you know, they were asking pertinent questions and shit. This is the first time we saw him being boring, his students not interested in him. Like you said, most weren't there, but like the whole room felt stale, visually stale. Yeah, no, it's well, like he's lived past the time where anybody thinks he's worth listening to. I think that this was cool, too, because, A, we now see Indy being boring, but yeah. th- it's OK for this to be boring because we're getting a huge exposition dump at the same time, both about her character and about where the MacGuffin is and what this whole thing is about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he perks up every time she answers. He's like, oh, oh, it's like he's getting a little more energy infused in him because somebody's answering. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and to, yeah, to that point. Yeah. So uh, there's a mystery woman in his class played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge who is, uh, um, who is uh, uh, answering all the questions that no one in the, else in the class will ask. I think it's interesting that he moved. He's been there 10 years. So around the time, per, I'm, I wonder when, I wonder how long him and Marion have been separated divorced it's unclear if it's gone through um and how long Mutt, uh, it's been since mutt died so when did the war start 64 oh 65? i mean we had people there in the 50s it really got my father served in vietnam in 1960 oh yeah okay. so, you can, yeah and you could have easily been a casualty even at that time yeah yeah and he joined up so it makes sense that he would be there early rather than later yeah so um, I'm I'm imagining early sixties. I think it's probably. I'm guessing t- they say he's been there ten years. I'm guessing that's around the time that it happened. He like moved into he moved to New York and started teaching at Hunter instead of being in his nice little New England. Uh, right, he was a associate dean yeah. uh, when last we saw him. Yeah, this was a huge yeah. step down for him at, at Marshall. You know, uh, in his career wise. We, uh, they could have been separated a while, but if he had the divorce papers, that was happening. Maybe to subtly set up the ending. Well, yeah, we'll get there anyways. But they could have been separated that long. But if he still had the papers, well, and I get they the may feel- have not been divorced. Right, and I get yet. the feeling maybe he hasn't been in that apartment that long. Like maybe they – okay, oh, no, that's right, because Mutt and Marion were living in New York in Crystal Skull. They were living in New York. So, okay. so I imagine they probably had a house in like, a, I don't know, Brooklyn or something or, you know. And of, that was 57, right? Yeah. Crystal Skull? Yeah. So they probably had a house in the suburbs or somewhere. And then when they got separated, he got himself an apartment in the city. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like divorced dads do. Yeah. He was there long enough to know his neighbors, but, you know, yeah. that's because he's had to complain to them a number of times. And that, it's crazy to hear them call him uh, Mr. Jones. Yep, uh, he's just Mr. Jones to them. Yeah. Uh, he's not the famous Dr. Jones anymore. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, he's still a doctor, but not in their eyes. Yeah, they don't, they don't know give about a, that. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Fucking hippies. Uh, so anyways, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so he, uh, let's see, um, he attends a brief party for his retirement, 
which is apparently effective immediately after he finished teaching that class. Yeah, even though he's like, this is going to be on the final. <laughs> yeah. But I guess you have a party ahead of time, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair. But uh, you're right. Um, so uh, he goes to a bar. Um, we see he's being followed by a uh, another mysterious woman and the same mystery woman that was in his uh, class. He's approached by her, and it's his... It turns out to be Helena Shaw, Basil's daughter, and his godchild, which he hasn't seen since she was a kid. So uh, his name is Indiana, right? He named himself after the dog. Um, yeah. Her name is Helena, mm-hmm. but Helena Montana. It's the capital of Montana. I wonder mm-hmm. if they yeah. named her Helena because ah. it's a place. Oh. oh. Why the script writers did. I see. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why... Yeah. Uh, Basil did. Helena, yeah. No, yeah. Helena Shaw. Because, like, who do you replace him with? Like, somebody with a place name. In right. Them. It would it would have been lame if they she'd been, like, Montana Shaw. That would have been a little too yeah. on the nose. Yeah, no, this is Kind of like subtle. Mutt Williams. Or, yeah, right. I mean, if, his, if his goddaughter had been named, for instance, America Chavez, who was a character in a comic book, yeah. like, we'd all been like, really? Really? Yeah. Indiana yeah. was a little Helena on the nose. Shaw. Okay. This I like movie that. brought back the subtlety that we yes, appreciated. We yes. Crystal Skull was so like, punch, punch. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, by the end of it, we're like, stop hitting me with nostalgia. Stop hitting me. Yeah, like, I fuck, we already know this stuff. I know you yeah. love us, but God, it's too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this had subtle jokes, subtle nods. That bell thing, Josh, I can't believe I missed that. That's still like cracking my brain a little bit. Uh, That's such yeah. a subtle it's joke. Just, yeah, it's a good joke. It's a blink and you miss it joke, and they kept it in. You know, this is. I mean, so Indiana Jones has never been like for grownups, but this is like, it felt like Crystal Skull, same as the prequels. George, instead of being like, "Oh, it's a popcorn movie for the whole family," was like, "No, this is for little babies. Little babies need to be told this stuff." <laughs> um. So, all right. Uh. Yeah. Him and Bays. Uh. Him and Helen. Indiana and Helena start uh, drinking and talking. Shucking and jabbing. Yeah. Uh, we meet Dr. Smith, who is Voler. <laughs> Obviously, because it's Mads Mickelson. <laughs> Those lips. I don't, I don't remember them uh, calling him Smith at any point. I don't I, remember either. I, I kept Schmidt hearing Schmidt. Oh, Schmidt. Schmidt th- is his... Was it? I think, but wait, was there a C even? Was it a sh or was it Smith? Smith. I think it was Schmidt. Yeah, uh, no, oh, was it a sh? Yeah, but I think so. I, Thoreau, are you saying that, the that they, it's that Schmidt is the German Schmidt Smith? Yeah, is that what? Yeah, Schmidt that's kind what of is. Saying. Yeah, Schmidt is the yeah. German Smith. Um, yeah. it, it's it's um, I don't know. That's what they referred to him as. That's what they say in Wikipedia. It's obviously a new entry. Maybe they got it wrong. I mean, you know, Wikipedia gets things wrong sometimes. But anyways, yeah, he's going by an alias yeah. now. Yeah, he's no longer Voler. Um, so he. Uh, uh, so basically, he's Werner 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 von Braun. Yes, because they they allude to the fact that Schmidt helped the rocket get to space, which is exactly what. Yeah. Nazi yeah. scientist. He's supposed to go it. meet uh, Nixon. I almost said go meet Hitler. He's supposed to go meet Nixon. <laughs> not quite our Hitler. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> we can lay a lot of things on his feet, but <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, he uh, but uh, he's he's getting he's going to be interviewed. He's famous, and we meet his we meet he we find he's been at the University of Alabama. We meet his uh, Alabama and Bama Nazis. His Bama, his, his Bama good old boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then he radicalized. Yeah. You know, you well, get that idea that they just were Southern racists, and they, you know, were given a purpose by this dude easily. They, they've got flat tops, which implies that they served in the military at mm. some point too. Yeah, it's interesting that they are not serving currently in Vietnam. Yeah, they're obviously capable of have been trained in and are capable of violence and feats. <laughs> so I, I'm a little surprised that they uh, never said roll tide. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. So crimson. Uh, I'm not really surprised. Just in <laughs> we find out that uh, they're working with the second mystery lady who is a CIA agent. Uh, Mason, that was her name, right? And you yep. can see all of their contempt. Yeah. Yes. Obvious her. contempt for her being well, an American woman. We woman, get, yeah, uh, 69. Fuller, or what's his name? Her, what is his, Voller? Is Voller. It yeah, Voller. Voller? Voller. Yeah. We get his inquisition with the, uh, the, ser- the, the server guy. The, yeah, yeah the, the room service guy. Mm-hmm. That, was in, that was interesting. That was a great You served well, in the war. How are you enjoying your victory? Yeah. yeah well, oh, and the first and, question he asks, where are your people from? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, not, not, and, and it's such a New Yorker answer to be like, I'm from New York. My, my family's from New York. I was born and in it's such a, Yeah. It's yeah. such a and, white person thing. No. Where are you really from? Yeah. yeah. Where are you really from? Uh, Just well, to, it, to stick it because he knew that, you know. Yeah. But also, how are you enjoying your victory? It's like we were talking about earlier about the Germans appealing He's, to he's the African serving American experience in the United States. Like things work out for you, Mr. Yeah. Wager. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, well, and at the same time, it's not as he's not looking down as much as as pointing out the his loss. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting not to say that he's yeah. not being racist in that moment, but it's not him being like, I'm better than you. It's him saying like, dude, look what you fought for. I thought that was a really interesting perspective on a nazi character and, and then his uh, foreshadowing line um you didn't win the war hitler lost it yes which right. is so fucking true though it, that is such it, a true statement that's how they feel yeah and yeah. It, it's again it's that dichotomy of like boyd holbrook and the other big old corn fed mother they're racists voller is a supremacist both disgusting both disgusting they're the same thing to the rational mind but he he doesn't look down on individual yeah people he wants the reich restored you know they had plans for everybody he wanted the jews eradicated but they had plans for everybody else and so that's what the voller wants is like i want to restore the reich these boys burn crosses kind of thing yeah. Yeah. So it's that difference, you know. They're, He's appealing to his humanity while also being a fucking bastard. Like, where are you people from? He knows. Yeah. Then we cut back to uh Helena and Indy. They're drinking. She's telling him that she is an archaeology student herself and she's gonna do her thesis or final, whatever. On her doctorate. Her doctorate, thank you, on uh the uh the dial 
Um, Indy's against that. They go back to the college, and he reveals that he's kept it in a drawer in underneath some arrowheads and stuff for a long time. He's telling her that it drove her father crazy, and she shouldn't be uh, looking for it. She shouldn't be into it. <laughs> uh, a nod to The Last Crusade. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. He he says, why are you looking for the thing that drove your father crazy? And she says, wouldn't you? Exactly. Well, and uh, nobody memorizes their father's notebooks for money. He had large chunks of his mm. father's notebooks memorized. Or, or not memorized. He judged his father for not memorizing his notebooks, I guess, is more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, um, Indy had promised Basil that he'd destroy the dial, but he did not do that. Um. While they're in the college storeroom, they get attacked by uh, Voller's henchmen. Helena escapes off the roof, locking Indy out, or locking Indy in with them. And they kill two uh, people. I, I think it was Indy's secretary and then some other guy. That yep. did. Yeah, yeah. Well, the college, and it, the college, the college secretary. I don't know if she was Indy's secretary necessarily. Okay. Or of that department, but... Um... Well, the, the archives were right across the hall from uh, his office. I don't know if he has yeah, a secretary at this point. He's kind of like gone back fair. to being low level. Fair. Uh, maybe uh, department secretary. Something, yeah, like that. Anyway. In the escape and ensuing chase, like all of the, not all, but so many artifacts are destroyed. In fact, Indy has to do a domino thing with the shelves. Like imagine how heartbreaking that must have been. But I mean, let's be clear. Indy's also the guy that like, like destroyed the grave of one of the crusade guys just to get a sketch. Like he's, he's a little fast and loose with artifacts in general. Yes. I I love that. I love it. Also, if anything on those shelves were worth something, they'd already be in a museum in the museum. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, and, and I think that's an interesting contrast to him not destroying the Antikythera, you know, like he's willing to destroy stuff if it's to protect something like that yeah and it's another life or another or his life yeah always that um it it was just an uh you know (laughs) a not heavy heavy handed way to put indy amongst all these treasures that have been collected where instead of area 51 (laughs) and 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 a warehouse full of them it's this office across from his office where he has squirreled away some things. Just yeah. way more indie than Area 51. Absolutely. I mean, that was so lame because for years it was like the theory that that big warehouse was Area 51. And Lucas is like, yeah, it is. Here, yeah. Let's look That's at what it. I meant. No, they say it. There's a number on the yeah. warehouse. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, Helena escapes. They're chasing her. She's uh, running across the rooftops. She manages to get away. Uh, Indy is captured by the henchmen, put in the back of a van, and as they're transporting him, well, I guess at that point, the CIA agent's there too, so it's more that he's under arrest at that point. Um, uh, we don't have to go into detail, but don't gloss over the fact that he uh, is riding a horse through the streets of New York City well, and the subway. Right, I hadn't gotten yeah. to that just yet. Oh, that was, but that was. Oh, that's no, he hasn't been 
He was that's in the back. after he's he was captured. he's in the Con Ed van. Oh, that's right. You're he escaped. That that's right. He's captured in. Okay, and sorry. then the Con Ed van gets stopped by the parade, so they take him out, and he manages to get away in the middle of what I guess the astronaut parade turned into a peace march. That doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, yeah. Th- those people couldn't. You no, know, they couldn't <laughs> wait to get out and protest. Yeah, fucking boomers. Um. Yeah, when yeah when the kids do it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and Boyd Holbrook. So there's a moment that's not even really spoken of. Like there's a horse and a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, showing yeah. us the two time frame or yep. the two like uh, eras. Just, yeah, the subtlety of it. Yeah, like yeah. I can move or maneuver this horse better than I can maneuver that motorcycle. And of course, the henchman's the, like, "Yeah, the motorcycle. Why the fuck wouldn't you?" I, I, and the motorcycle is slipping in all the confetti because confetti it's right. driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, well, and, the, and I was gonna say the Cadillac is the thing that uh, mm. really comes in clutch in that chase. Yeah. I love the Cadillac. Yeah, with the beauty queen in the passenger yes, seat. Yeah, I love that. That was great. That, to me, that was a very George Lucas moment mm-hmm. where it's like, this is an inspired moment that like really probably shouldn't have happened in this movie. But the fact that it did and it just is over as fast as it started. Yeah. It's great. So what- Andrew and I turned to each other and we were like, welcome back, space girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the fake ticker tape parade that they held. <laughs> so um i found an interesting detail i thought about this whole beginning part is how multiple times indy tries to go to the police for help which is not something he ever would have done right. in his younger years but now he's like i'm older i'm not an adventurer anymore i'm gonna try to go to the police and it doesn't work out so he's like well fuck it i guess i'm indianing it again well, well, and literally, it's a government fucking conspiracy that he's trying to unravel. And by telling the cops, I mean, what are the cops going to do? Yeah, exactly. The CIA, the, she even makes it clear that they're not sure who he is. They they know he's involved. Stole, Voller knows. But she sort of she doesn't know who Indiana Jones yeah. is. Yeah. She's trying to suss out how he is involved. Well, and I don't think Voller even knew who Indiana Jones really was. I don't think he looked no. him up after getting no. his bell rung. No, no he was because later on he, he was, was kind of surprised. He was like, I recognize you. Yeah, they never even got his name back in uh, Europe. He was just an yeah. American colonel. That's all they said when they took the hood off. Yeah. So an American colonel. Yeah. So but anyways, he, he gets on a police horse and then we get the big chase through the streets and then through the subway. Um, Which was which was a little over the top, but it's not jumping the fridge over the but top. It's, but it's Indiana Jones over the top in a way that we kind of expect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. Like, like we started with a giant rolling boulder. Yeah. We started <laughs> I mean, the his... entire saga. Can you fly a plane? I, I don't know. Can you land? Like, like, and his dad's shooting the gun. That's way more insane than this. Yeah. Or dumb yeah. luck. Or, or most yeah. of Indy's scrapes are dumb luck. It's absolutely. Well, no. That's his superpower. His yeah. dumb luck. Absolutely. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. not more over the Domino. top than them jumping out of a plane in a raft in Temple of oh. Doom. Yes. I don't and think then, anything will be except for that fridge. Yeah. And then three enormous waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah. The water in a boat car. In a boat car. Yes. All right. So um he gets away on the subway. Uh Voler gets informed of the loss of the dial. Um and that is being Subway's taken. faster. Yes, yeah, Subway's faster. <laughs> and that it's being taken <laughs> uh Voler uh <laughs> 
<laughs> it would have been great if there was a scene of Indy on the horse waiting for the train. <laughs> like, it, like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they could have just dragged that out an extra fifteen seconds. Yeah, like, is it coming? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody know where the next train headed east is going? Yeah, that would have been really funny. Uh, Here, hold my horse, and then have him pass the horse. Is this the express, or is this just the D? <laughs> I I did. I got to say, I do like Indiana Jones saying to another a random person, "Here, hold my horse." That was hilarious. Mm, yeah, I laughed out loud at that moment. Like, yeah. And the guy just takes the horse and like, okay. yeah. Hold my horses. Um. So yeah. Uh. He gets away. Voller gets told about the dial that it's been taken by Helena. Um. And he gets. I I don't remember exactly. He gets told it's. He knows it's in Tangier. Because there's because there's this underground auction that's happening, and of course it's oh, that's happening right. near the the Middle East, where you know so many antiquities. She got arrested in Tangiers. Uh, uh, selling antiquities or selling <laughs> contraband. Yeah. And so yeah, he did but, put two and two together pretty quickly. Yeah. But. This coming week is the annual auction of stolen goods. <laughs> right. is, is it, the is it her annual auction or is she just having a sideshow before the real annual auction? I think it, that she's just having a sideshow. Yeah, it's I not think her, she's just a bombastic personality. Yeah, it's not her. Yeah, she didn't yeah. organize it, but but she is heading her own auction. You know what I mean? She, yeah. Which is <laughs> the whole thing's unethical, but normally that's not how you do it. Where it's like, yeah. do I hear 100? Do I hear 100? You know, it's like, yeah. Hella you, can't, you can't up bid. You can't pressure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I was in some auction scams. <laughs> so <laughs> I was. <laughs> Meanwhile, Indy's on the run from the law. We learned that Mutt died in Vietnam. So I... <laughs> Mutt. Let's talk about Mutt. Poochie, oh, they killed mean? him, though. Poochie. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I said at the end of the movie. Oh, they yeah. killed off Poochie. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so, so died on his return to his family. Yeah. So Mutt was from another planet. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Roy. Um. Yeah. So talk about Mutt. What do you got? What do yeah. You so say? I think it's hilarious that they decided to just kill him off screen rather than in any way try to do anything having to do with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. It was a smart way to go. They, yeah. I mean, because they could have easily been like, oh, Mutt's off somewhere doing something else. He's serving. He, yeah. He has a family. Like, hasn't died yet. He lives in Canada now. Yeah. They could have done it. My like, boyfriend. They, my could, yeah. they could have done anything, but they decide to shut the fucking door on Mutt. <laughs> well, like he's I will say well, this. They used it, though. They didn't just shut the door oh, on yeah, no, They it used was important. it to develop Indy's character True. in a way yeah. that made sense for him to actually be pulled back into the game. Yeah. You know? And then, again, I'll wait until the end, but the last scene, it gives you a lot of um, depth into Indiana's uh, like emotional awareness. Mm. He thinks, and this this has happened. You know, I've heard lots of married couples talk about, or I've read about them getting divorced after the loss of a child. And um, he is, of course, this old school grizzled guy. And in his mind, the problem is his wife was too upset, and he didn't know how to console her. We find yeah. out at the end that it was probably the opposite. Yeah. 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 That he he refused to deal with his grief. 
Yeah. And well, so and he saw he saw it as a failure to marry it. He's the greatest generation. Well, or older. I mean, yeah. like that's just that's not a right. thing that men were yeah. trained to do. No. You know, in the, his mind the second, his great, the second greatest generation. <laughs> Those were the Romans, right? Yeah, I forget what um, they call that. There's yeah, there's a name for it. Yeah. Victorian era. He's from the Victorian era. He was well, because there was the no such era. thing as generational identity. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the yeah, boomers yeah. invented the teenager. They invented generational identity. Before yeah. that, it was you worked at nine and hopefully you didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> so, what were they called before that? Uh, a precarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Indy's on the run. Uh, he gets help from Sala, who's now a cab driver in New York. Which I like because, you know, if we're going to have a white guy, it's 1960. Guy, yeah, it's 69. Bring him, yeah. bring, bring him to America. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Especially post like Suez Canal and all that stuff and mm. Suez Crisis and yeah. all that, which is interesting. Like, and Indy being the reason why they got there. Yeah. Yeah. That's all nice. Yeah. Um, it, it all worked to have him there. It did. Um, mm-hmm. So Indy gets on a plane and heads to Tangier himself. He arrives. Uh, finds Helena selling the first part of the dial at an auction. We meet her sidekick, Moroccan kid named Teddy. He's a pickpocket, and he wants to learn how to fly. And again, they brought back an element that we love that they tried to give you with Mutt. Mm -hmm. Mutt was a little too old to pull off the scrappy little sidekick. Well, like that's an element we enjoyed. That's the best part of Temple of Doom. I mean, and... I'm I'm sorry, but the character of Mutt, I can see on paper, maybe it could have worked. But also Shia LaBeouf was 100% the wrong actor to put in that role. Oh, yeah. He was too well, old. Was, and and honestly, there's too much of a thrust to put him into the role. Of I mean, Mutt was too next old. Next hero, yeah. you know? Like, no, no, I agree. The character of Mutt was too old. Um, but also Shia LaBeouf was the wrong guy to play that character, even if he wasn't too old. Sure. Yeah. But he had the sidekick energy of Chris O'Donnell. We've made that joke about Val <laughs> Kilmer adopting a twenty-five-year-old yeah. man. Like it's like Indy and this dude. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. not the love. It's not the scrappy sidekick formula. Exactly. Um. This this kid. What's his name? Teddy. Teddy. Um. He Teddy. reminded me of a, like an amalgamation of the two boys in Lawrence of Arabia. Ah. Oh. Um. Yeah. His his two aides that that he loses in the desert and they're both, yeah, both the, of their deaths it, are fucking tragic as fuck but the aide de camps yeah. yeah yeah but but that's like his mannerisms the way his speaking was designed like not designed that's how this kid probably acts whatever but like there were some specific things where i was like oh i wonder if they're leaning in on uh, dowd and i forget the other kid's name but yeah anyways that was my take on him because he's not short round no obviously no obviously he's very not. different from short round too yeah. Yeah, but well, still has an ethnicity. Yeah, he, he's not yeah. just Mutt Williams, the yeah. Marlon Brando fan. It's, yeah. it's interesting they they did get a French actor of uh, Moroccan descent, and you know yeah. French out like the French controlled that area for a long time. So it's yeah, well yeah, spoken there. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they 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 decided to cast a little more more accurately than you know John Reese yeah. saw up for instance. Um, anyways, so they uh. Uh yeah he uh he stops the auction but then Voler arrives they steal the dial Indy Helena and Teddy all go after them in a tuk tuk 
Um, Another we, great chase sequence. There oh, were like yeah. almost Bond worthy chase sequences. This was probably my favorite chase sequence in the film. I thought yeah. it was really good and really fun. I think it ran a little long, honestly. I thought that this chase in particular, I thought that there were some points in yeah. the middle. Especially, I went back and rewatched it because I was like, I really liked the way that, that it ended and the way that it started. Um, but the way that like it, the, there were some midpoints where they're kind of like stopping and looking, and I was like, oh, come yeah, on, yeah, come maybe on, they could come on, they could have cut it a little bit, maybe. Yeah, in the middle. I can, I can see I, that. Th- th- this movie is a little long, which I, I haven't said out loud. It's two hours and thirty minutes, right? It's the longest yeah. of the Indiana Jones movie Absolutely. by at least. You're a right. Half there hour. are a lot of pauses. You know, yeah. there's a lot of characters not saying any. I would have loved for this movie to be fucking ninety minutes. That would have been the best Indiana Jones movie ever if it were super short. You know what I'm saying? Like, but movies today are super long. That's just the nature of yeah. Well, two I, popular I, movies. I think they could have cut 10, 15 minutes out, and it would have yeah. improved the film probably. Yeah. But yeah, this this chase this is one of those things where I was like, there's a lot of this because it's like kept, ten minutes of them driving a tuk tuk. Yeah. They kept telling him to go one direction. He always went the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. But but he is he's got his objective. Uh, the turns that he makes it gets him closer to Voller's car. Well, uh, so, yeah. well, and I know Tangier is a really yeah. funny answer. Yes. Like, <laughs> so, okay. He does. Well, something I noticed with this one specifically, and I'm sure it's true of the other action set pieces in this, um, which, by the way, the action set piece is kind of a concept that Spielberg invented. Um, yep. But uh, um, that's what I mean. This is a fantastic spielberg movie. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. is that he used the same um philosophical idea of the set piece that spielberg did in that each set piece has to be a story in and of itself with a beginning middle and end that you can follow right yeah because so many movies are just like here we are and stuff now blows up we and they go. run and they're yeah. and now here we are again in another so as long as this tuck tuck chase was as much as I can complain about it being overly long at no point was I confused as to where they were in relation to the other car and to their origin mm-hmm. and to like, Oh, okay. They're going somewhere. And by the time it yeah. stops, you realize, Oh, that's where the, the pier is down that hill. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. all put together all of a sudden, like at the very end, like, Oh, that's where they are. That's where they missed them. Okay. 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 I really love that well it was blocked. A- oh, sorry. I love that it was a, a three-way chase scene. Yes. Yeah. That- so we got we got Raheem, the uh, ex-fiance, uh, chasing Helena, and Indy chasing Voller. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes it so much better than just Indy chasing Voller. So it's what that jungle better. scene needed in Crystal Skulls. Oh my needed God. Nazis. Something to be besides CGI monkeys. <laughs> a conveyor belt chase <laughs> of jungle you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it's like treadmill. it's like the flintstones running you know yes. it's the same background same background that's what the jungle thing was it's like they were on a conveyor belt mm-hmm. yeah. whereas like i'll say like well and you did as well brian like he knows the different alleys he knows the different you know intersections right and, and there was it's an not actual, a conveyor belt there was an yeah. actual sense of geography to what they were doing Right. Yeah. So at the end of this uh this chasing, um Helena jumps on the other car as opposed to Indy yes. this time. Uh right. she's trying to get the dial off of Voller uh out the broken window. But then 
uh, Indy sees Raheem's car coming up. He's trying to get the dial too through the door, um, but then sees the Raheem's car coming up and says, "Fuck the dial! I gotta save my goddaughter." Yeah, yeah, and pulls yep. her off. Yeah, I really appreciated that there wasn't just a sudden turn where um, Elena mm-hmm. was like, "Now, now I love Indy." It was a, yeah. it was an evolution. We got to see their relationship develop through the film, through the actions, because at the beginning, through necessity. She, yeah. Well, and also at the beginning, she was angry at Indy for not being there for her as a godfather. And, right. Well, and it, and it takes her a long time to get there to tell him, her, him that mm-hmm. like yeah. it's in your title. It's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, and like, still at this point, it's kind of interesting because he obviously doesn't want Bowler to have the dial, but he also doesn't really want her to have the dial because yeah. he's yeah. going to sell it off. Yeah. So he he's trying to get it, period, from both of them. Mm-hmm. It's a fun dynamic. Yeah. But then, like you said, like it does stop when it comes to life stakes, which is, like we said, that's where it changes for Indy usually. Like, all right, I got to let this go because my life is at stake. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's so, same yeah. with hers. And like, it, it's great to see her slowly come around to being on Indy's side. That yeah. was a great character development. I loved the point later on where um um her and Teddy are talking, and he's like, "I thought we got into this for all the wrong reasons." <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Well, and it's the thing that makes Indy not a grave, a tomb raider. Yeah, you know that yeah. we've talked about the guy that he got his inspiration from was a Tomb Raider. He just he was a hired gun to steal shit and stuff, and that's kind of what she does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she starts to see that like Indy had this thing wrapped up in a cloth in a drawer. It wasn't in a museum. He just doesn't want the wrong people to have the right things. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just cool. <laughs> well, and and he wasn't capable of destroying it. And she knew that yeah, about yeah. him, which I, I think is a cool character thing that's inherent to both of their characters. That wasn't yeah. a development thing. She showed up knowing. Yeah. Because it. she was 12. They made a point of saying that she was 12 the last time she saw him. So yeah, there's she, a lot of self-awareness when you're 12. She's old enough to know him yeah. as, a, as a friend of her father. And she's old enough to have overheard conversations yeah. That, yeah. that left an impression. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, Let's see. They uh, then Voler gets away. Um, they uh, Indy and Helena escape from Rahim. Voler gets uh, found by CIA agent Mason. Um, she's been sent to make Voler disappear after the government disavowed him. Instead, Voler and his men kill her and steal her helicopter. Oh, did we did we talk about her stealing or selling uh, the ring that Rahim? That was why Rahim said he was going to yeah, kill her. Yeah, she sold his enga- did, the engagement ring. I didn't get as much as I thought I would get for it. <laughs> <laughs> she is she is so Indiana Jones in a feminine way that it is exciting to me. I see how people are pissed about it. I I I don't understand it. Like like I don't get it inherently. But the things that I like about the character, I'm like I see why people are mad about that. I guess because if that happened to you, you'd be very upset. I, I yeah yeah. I, I, and that's where people put themselves in the shoes of the man instead of the shoes of the woman being like, that's fucking slick as fuck. Yeah, she no, made, she, she's, <laughs> you know. she's awesome. I would 100% watch uh, Helena Shaw and the something of the something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen, but I, but I would totally. 
I would totally watch it. I don't think that it should happen, but I would absolutely buy into it yeah. if there became an indie verse with her. She was great in this. This is her first big budget action role too, and I thought yeah. she was great. Yeah, great. Um, so I believed every every stunt was her. You know, yeah. Even though it probably wasn't. Yeah. No, motivation was not. her motivation was clear and uncomplicated it wasn't gender specific mm-hmm. it, you know yep. it was like this is the way of the world now Indy. like yeah. it's just about underground auctions and shit there's no nobility to this yeah so uh indy helena and teddy um head to greece where they know that there's going to be a sunken there was a ship that the Romans were carrying, or somebody ancient, probably Romans. It was always Romans. Yeah, it w- they said Rome. Yeah, that, after the battle, that's the saying, siege of Syracuse. Yeah, that has a tablet that's going to tell them where the other half of the dial is. The well, so the, the ship broke in half, and so the top half had been explored, but then the the other half of the ship had fallen further down into a. Down onto the sea floor, off the shelf. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The sea shelf. Exactly. And so that, but that explains why it hadn't been collected before. Yes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because like, the first so many piece, subtle things. The first piece was picked up by sponge divers. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and the the rest of the boat was just too deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But just great exposition. They yeah. took yeah. it. To, you know. Took well, the time and, to let you know. That's why probably it wasn't recovered because you, yeah. And most like, oh, movies lucky would just for have them, us, huh? Most movies would have us jump off the edge of a boat into the water. Yeah, and yeah. our hero would get it, and the boat would pull up, and they'd be getting shot at. But the added dimension of like, oh, we have to do this and this and this, so you don't get the bends. Mm-hmm. That's like right. a real thing. And it's 1969. Um, and then you see people dying because their hoses are removed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we so, got hoses, not scuba tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not Bond in yeah. Indiana Jones. Exactly. Like we very easily could have veered into Bond territory if the frogman were too well beat. Definitely. So yeah, so they go there. They meet Oh wait, Antonio Banderas? We meet yeah. his friend Ronaldo, played by Antonio Banderas. Um, Ronaldo, I thought his name was Freddie. Freddie? I thought it was what? He called him Freddie. Uh, uh it was Ronaldo in the subtitles. Yeah, uh, that's Ronald, Ronald, right? Yeah, it's Ronaldo. Uh, according to this, uh, I don't know. Let's see. What is it? He calls him Friendaldo. What? Uh, <laughs> He's the premier for Spain's. Yeah. Uh, well, when when he first rolled up on the truck, I, I was pretty sure that Indy shouted out Freddy. But that could be his anglicized version of Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Ronaldo yeah, it's was Ronaldo Ron- on Ronald. IMDb. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, they find Ronaldo slash Freddy, um, and they go on his boat. Uh, I love the fact that we get to see uh, that that Helena um, is a little bit randy. <laughs> she's yeah. She likes her yep. men. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, they didn't rob her of her sexuality in the movie, right. which is a good thing for a. Right, her agency, a strapping hero or heroine, you know. Right, and or she's so swashbuckling, she must be gay. Yeah, nothing like. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. She's just yeah. She likes her. She likes her guys. Um. So, uh. Anyways, they go down. They dive down. There's eels in the boat. 
They look like snakes. No, they don't. Yep, I love it. I love it. Again, subtlety. Just so fucking great. Uh, well, we're not going to have him sitting in a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a callback without him sitting in a fucking pile of snakes again. That's mostly all people can conjure and up. without hitting him in the face with a rubber snake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grab this snake to pull you out of the slow sand. Trees! I- I loved the uh, I loved the rhyming poetry of uh when the sn- when the eels attack he uh waves them off with a flare. Yes. Uh, as yes. opposed to a to- snakes in the torch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They go in the back and forth. Yeah. Uh, this this was a very panic inducing moment in this movie. They oh, did a yeah. really good job of making it feel constricted and like dark and scary and cold and and obviously they weren't like deep underwater in the ocean but i okay let's talk about the effects briefly obviously there's cgi in this movie the end especially gets a little cgi but um yeah uh, but um they did a great job of mixing that with practical effects to look good Yeah. yeah well and knowing when and where and how much light something can really take before yes. it starts uh-huh. to look fake. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike and like the- you said, it was claustrophobic, but it was also real enough that like when they shot up real quickly, like it was like, <gasps> I thought yeah. they would get the bends. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It was, it was real did. enough to make you three feel minutes. that way. Three minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Under three you're more. not supposed to go up that fast. Not one second. Yeah. More. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they, uh, they go back up. Voler is there. He kills Ronaldo. Um, he offers Helena offers to uh, help him for money. He gives her a handful of diamonds. Um, she reads to him from the tablet. I loved this whole scene where she's walking around reading mm-hmm. secretly pockets some dynamite, and with right. the help of Indy, lights it and blows up the boat. They well, also asks for a cigarette. It's the only cigarette we get in this movie because oh, it's yeah. 2023, and if you're going to have a character smoke on screen gotta be for a reason absolutely People and it was such a great like Chekhov's gun stupid little short setup of like why is she asking for a cigarette is that because she's manly or something mm. and it's like oh no dynamite oh oh okay like I was wondering like I was like what is the what are they supposed to be doing with this it was it was a great payoff for me yeah well, no, and I'm that, simple. that patented Indiana Jones stalling yes for time just using his mouth to stall for time yeah yep. exactly um so yeah they steal voler's boat and head off but um on voler's boat they discover a golden tablet inside the wooden wax tablet that they um was on the outside and it sends them to sicily instead of wherever they were going in the first place which is why the romans were all the way over uh in the aegean sea um, because they were headed to Alexandria because of the fake instructions on the wax part yeah. of the graphics. Okay. Because they were looking for it. Right. That was yeah. they, the they, they realized. They had grabbed uh, the one half uh, of the dial, and then they had the graphicos, and then they're like, oh, Alexandria, let's go this way. Yep. So they head there, but Voler follows them. Well, and it was such he, a practical way to that they figured it out but it's supposed yeah. to be wood and wax mm-hmm. it's, like, it's heavier than it's supposed to be yeah, well, yeah. and this is awful and heavy for that voller being like they went 
west we should yeah. oh there's only two because there's only two places that it could have been right exactly so he knows and, and he knows they figured it out before they left they're still heading west they didn't turn and go around us or something you know mm-hmm. i liked i liked that setup also because yeah. that in most movies that would have been really ham-fisted but it worked here i thought absolutely and they had to fix the boat yeah Anyway. Uh, yeah, they they made the Nazis dumb like they used to be, and I'm just glad <laughs> how stupid the Nazis were throughout this whole fucking movie. Moller's uh, not a bright guy, really. No, no, but I mean, he's he, he's they fall he's, for the dumbest. He's shit. He's scientifically bright, but he's not world real world bright. He doesn't have yeah. street smarts. No hor- he has no horse sense. Yeah. So, um, there in Sicily, um, Voller kidnaps Teddy who they're going to force to lead them to the cave where the second half of the dial is. Indiana Elena head there and get there first. They go through the cave. They get through some bug tunnels and... Um... <laughs> bug tunnels. That's, yeah, but that's exactly an Indiana Jones yeah. thing. A bug tunnel. <laughs> uh, uh, there's the whole scene where they're climbing up the, the wall to mm-hmm. the, the crescent-shaped opening. Um mm-hmm. You never had to drink the blood of Kali. Yeah. yeah. Or get tortured by voodoo. This, or get shot nine times. This was where I bought into Phoebe. Indiana Jones character. Yeah. Stuck. I'm thinking. Oh. And she just starts climbing past him. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she is young and limber. And she's strong enough to lift her own body weight. Yeah. I... I moment yeah. for me i was like he's an 80 year old man he's getting too old for this shit he is yeah he's been too old for this since the last he movie. has been yeah. yeah yeah we see it we start with him in a easy chair yeah he's been too old for this shit for a while yeah absolutely so um yeah they they get to archimedes grave which they find through some machinations indiana jones style machinations where they have to put a thing and do a thing and then a thing opens yeah, but it was the, water displacement. The, yeah. the the chamber of methane and yeah. the water displacement. That was cool. Just yeah. like Archimedes was. That was his thing. He was the Eureka guy. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is my favorite tunnel. Sitting or, in a bath. Uh, tomb entrance <laughs> that we had. Uh, out of all of the ways to get into the secret chamber, mm-hmm. this is the best one, in my the, opinion. The trap door in the bottom of the pool? Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and filling it with water enough to stop the gas from killing you. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is there's a lot of things happening with this, but the solution is simple. Yeah. And it's right in front of you. And and it's something that we could have figured out watching. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So uh they find the second piece of the dial. They realize that Archimedes is wearing a wristwatch. Uh Voler arrives. Uh Teddy has escaped. By this time Teddy's escaped and killed the one dude underwater. That was vicious. That was. He handcuffed him to that underwater grate. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh, what a terrible way to go. And if it, I mean, if a little kid's going to kill off some giant wall of a man, that's the yeah. way. Absolutely. Yeah. And he remembers the swimming lessons from Ronaldo. Yes. Yeah. Because yep. he couldn't swim. Grab and pull Reach and pull. Reach and pull. Reach and pull. Reach and pull. That's it. Yeah. Cup your hands. So, yeah. Voller arrives. Um, he takes the second half of the dial, shoots Indy in the shoulder. Teddy and Helena escape. That's his tenth, tenth time he's been shot. Apparently, now. Ten, yeah. ten, yep. Um, and follow them. They take Indy to an airfield 
where they have a World War II German bomber waiting in a hangar. They all dress up as Nazis. Vola reveals his plan is to time travel back to 1939 and kill Adolf Hitler in the hopes that that will allow the Germans to uh, better fight the war and lead Germany to victory. What was it, two weeks before he invaded Poland? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elena and Teddy follow. Teddy gets onto a... Uh, Sorry, what do you think his plan was? So he's going to kill Hitler, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You go back in time, you kill Hitler, you say, I'm the guy that killed Hitler. I'm the biggest, baddest Nazi of them all. God, don't cut that out of context. <laughs> um, well, he said that he knew he knew all the mistakes that were made. So well, he was going to, I figured he was going to like go back and stay there and like one by one, like correct those mistakes. Him? Yeah. I think yeah. he's right. going to kill him, but he's going to kill right. Hitler. Gonna hill, kill Hitler, but, yeah. But like, how does that work? How do you say like, I look, I'm from the future, dog. Do you do you yeah, show I, them your young self? Well, right. There would have to be political maneuvers. I mean, yeah. yeah. He was just gonna bomb him. He wasn't gonna like walk up and shoot him. He was gonna oh, bomb him from he's that in plane. Bomb. Okay. Damn, Al. Yeah, okay, man, that's right. That's cold. He was blooded. going to start the Nazi party himself, not take it over. Well, no, so no, no one's gonna not. know that he killed Hitler. He's he's not going to be like I'm king of the hill. He's just he's just going back to then, uh, I don't know fulfill his destiny. Well, I, Hitler would just be a regular. I I, I honestly chancellor. wonder if he was thinking of just killing Hitler and then going back. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and again, the subtleties of his racism, like it could have been that he thought the final solution was too distracting of a, you know, like Germany could have taken over the world if Hitler wasn't so obsessed singularly. Yeah. Myopic. Um, Yeah. So um, anyway, so they, uh, he reveals his plan. Um, They, uh, uh, but then um, Teddy gets onto a small plane and starts following while Helena um, drives on a motorcycle and manages to grab onto uh, the landing gear of the plane as it's taking off and sneak aboard the plane. Uh, they fly up at that point. Indy tells him and realizes that they did not account for continental drift and they're going to the wrong place in time. Um, but they end up going through the time hole anyways, the vortex. Um, no, the fissure. The fissure. Said. That's what it's called. The fissure. They go through the fissure. Uh, Teddy follows. Uh, meanwhile, the actual pilot of the plane wakes up. <laughs> That's he, he's like an air trucker. He sleeps in his plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it turns out they went through the fissure to 212 BC, and they arrive there during the siege of Syracuse. Uh, the Romans sink the plane's a dragon attacking so do the syracusians yeah i think both do both sides start shooting at it yeah yes. uh yeah i think so um they, they both, both think they both think this dragon is on the other side oh point yeah. of fact um dumbest. or a small point from earlier when they were uh in uh syracuse uh there's a puppet show of the syracusian soldiers and the roman soldiers and then there's a dragon Mm. Oh, oh, 
that's right. I remember the pup. Yeah. There was yeah, that dragon nice. puppet show. Okay. Puppet. That rings a bell. Ah, that's funny. All right. So, yeah. Um, uh, they're seen by Archimedes himself, uh, Indian Helena. Um, so, that yeah, they start shooting at the plane. They end up taking the plane down, which crashes. Indian Elena uh, parachute out from the plane as it um, it crashes and Voller and his men die. Uh, that was cute. Uh, what are you doing here? Rescuing you. <laughs> She's hanging. Yes. And then he has to rescue her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they they land. They get approached by Archimedes, uh, Teddy, and the dude in the plane land also there. Um, we see how Archimedes gets his wristwatch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, did he keep it though? Because it I think like he, I think he kept it. Uh, he didn't keep why the I, dial, did he? Because I, they no, said, no, they, uh, they took the dial back, but I, I think they left the wristwatch okay. for whatever reason. That's probably uh, how he figured to, out how to make the dial. Because yeah. the wristwatch was on Archimedes's and that, uh, corpse. That was and a, you're right. Yeah, that is, that's probably how the, what helped the, him the gears the dial. Dial. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it was a see through watch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. So um Indy wants to stay there and live out his life in the past. Um him and uh, Elena. The next twenty minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he's bleeding out. Exactly. So he wants to be a relic. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I love this because you think like they're going to let Indy stay there, that they're just going to let Indy die and it's going to be this sad thing, but she just punches him out. Punches him out. Such an Indiana Jones thing. And I'm so glad. I loved that she realized she said she calls it a false deck. Mm. Um, she did the magic trick earlier. It's like, no, I, right. I, I forced you to take this card without right. you realizing it. I've, I gave you the illusion of a choice, mm -hmm. but I made right. you pick this card. And the yeah. dial brought the dial gave the illusion of taking you to any point in time, but it was always supposed to go back to this point. This is a great movie. Wow. I yeah. Think, yeah. You're right. Um, so yeah, the uh, she punches him out. Yeah, that works. Indy wakes up in nineteen sixty nine in a bed. Uh, um in his apartment. Uh Helena's there with Teddy. Saul and his grandchildren arrive with Marion. Yeah. Marion, uh, Sala, Helena, Teddy, and the kids head out for ice cream. Marion and Indy reconcile. They get back. They have one of the most endearing moments in movie history, if you ask me. The like spots he, that she's pointing out. Yeah. The way the same, she's putting she's putting away groceries and he has to like subtly take the magnet off of he her. He moves face. the magnet back off of her. But that's the, the moment. Magnet. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was good. But it's that moment where, again, we realized that it was probably Indy's grief because he's like, I'm back. And she's like, are you? Yeah. Like, are you back, Indian? Yeah. Someone told but, me you were, you were back. Right. Are you? Are you? Are you? Oh, right. Where she dealt with are the you? death of her son. He didn't. Yeah. Are you back? Are you Indiana again? Are you back? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh. They, they didn't they didn't fall out of love with each other. They let tragedy and trauma. And so, yeah, it was his, not hers. And calling back and flipping what, what must have been a seminal moment in their relationship romantically from when they were on the submarine and he points to the elbow right. and they kiss. Where does, where doesn't right. it hurt? Yeah. Yeah. And she like, ah, uh, so the elbow, the shoulder. Yes. 
they yeah. kiss. Um, we see the outside of the street. Um, the uh, the others leaving. We see Indy's hat hanging from a clothesline. We start to do a pinhole wipe onto it, and then Which, uh, reaches out and grabs the hat, pulls it into the uh, apartment, and then credits roll. Gorgeous. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I did too. Yeah, same. It wasn't just fan service. They made a, another good Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it moved. It, it wasn't moving. It, it wasn't The Force Awakens. Also, yeah, in nostalgia. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. I I think after 10, 15 years of like all these legacy sequels and like hitting everyone over the head with nostalgia, I think they're finally figuring out how to do the nostalgia without making it feel forced. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's the trick. Yeah. Yes, that is the trick. Like we like but, Easter right. eggs, but don't like ten thousand of them in a thing. You know, we don't like you to point at the Easter egg and say, "Hey, look at this Easter egg." Right, yeah. subtlety counts for a lot in art. <laughs> yeah, but also they did a great job of portraying Indy as an old man. Mm-hmm. Yep, as an ancient, as he calls himself yeah. at one point. Yeah, right. He wants to be a relic right. at that point. So he's still he's still got it in him, but it took some dragging. It took this to drag it back out of him. Mm-hmm. Right. This the stake is at the so um seventy is the new forty. <laughs> so especially if you're a millionaire. Sorry. All right. No, right. if you're a millionaire, absolutely. Yeah. Do we have any other uh do we have any unanswered questions? So the force deck thing, mm-hmm. the closed loop. Yeah, it, it you could not travel anywhere else in time. You would always go back to that point in time, correct? Mm-hmm. If you, unless you happen to accidentally stumble upon a fissure that maybe goes somewhere else, that's a. I mean, that's a question. Does a fissure go anywhere? Is there any other fissures oh, that go anywhere else? Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense that it's just there because the dial was um, calculated and programmed to the stars and um, celestial bodies that Archimedes. Did the dial see. open yeah. the fissure, or did it just point the way to the fissure? They I think it just ma- pointed to it, right? It didn't open it. That's that's what I thought, but I yeah, it had no supernatural power. That's what they but, kept saying. Yeah, but that leads me to believe maybe there's other fissures that the dial just doesn't point to. Potentially, yeah, could be. Um, but with the dial, no, you are always going to go to that one place. It was the illusion right. of choice, absolutely. It when was- they found when they found his corpse uh, with the wristwatch, they assumed that he used it and it worked. But he went, it uh, turns out, no, he never actually used it himself. It, that watch was delivered to him, yeah. to him by yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where would Archimedes go? Would he go just to 1969? Yeah, I mean, he couldn't get there. It's up in the sky. He can't get to the fissure. But I mean, like, if he had gotten there, would he have yeah. come out in 1969? Yeah. Like, at the moment that they entered? Yeah, because that's, that, that's the fissure. If he reversed yeah. the, the if he reversed the numbers, <laughs> yeah. like but, said. but it does make sense if it was only at that point and location because that's that's where Voler thought they would end up. He just miscalculated the year, but he knew it was going to be there instead of like a time machine and like we'll go back to Berlin and like he knew they had to arrive there above Sicily and then fly to he says Munich when they 
Right. When Andy uh, said, shouted out the thing about continental drift, um, it really didn't matter because it, it was a set destination. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I like just thought a, was interesting. A dial. Yeah. It basically turned into Indy just bluffing him. And it worked. I mean, he, he bailed. Tried to bail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no no one's unanswered questions. Yeah. It was a great movie-going experience. I liked it yeah. a lot. What? So, all right. So I kind of wanted to see. What, what are our personal rankings of the uh, five Indiana Jones movies? Okay. Um, I don't know. Personally? We want to go around the table. Yeah, yeah. Josh, let's start with you. Okay. My personals are um, The Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, possibly this one, Temple of Doom, and The Crystal Open Skull. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my rank. I have a feeling, yeah, I have a feeling it's not going to be super different for a lot of us. Maybe a, a little bit. Okay, Brian, what? Do you, how about you? Uh, just reverse Raiders and Crusade and then this movie and then uh temple temple thank you oh my god um yeah and then the he who shall not be named skulls <laughs> uh al uh raiders last crusade temple of doom dial of destiny and crystal skull okay i i got to keep i got to keep temple of doom in the top 3 cuz it's just so ingrained in my youth I would probably. I, I love it, but this was. I would pro so with it's hard. So I would probably go. I would probably go Crusade, Raiders, and now see this and Temple of Doom. I have a hard time with because Temple of Doom has so was so ingrained into my childhood so hard that I even seeing all its faults, I have a hard time not just loving it. Even though it's not, not a great movie, by any stretch, I, I love Temple of Doom. But so, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really. It's torn. so quotable too. I would probably, I, I if I'm going my personal favorites, I probably then go Temple of Doom, then this one. But that's very close. Yeah. Then Crystal Skull, but like Temple of Doom and this one, like it's it's a tough call for me. I thought you were ranking Temple of Doom at the top. Sorry. I was oh like no no no! Temple of Doom third. There. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think same, that's interesting. We all, all four of us had slightly different rankings. Very slightly. No, wait, no, oh, I'm sorry, Thoreau, you did say Crusade first. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 until this watch through, I don't think I would have put Crusade first, but I found Crusade to be so much, so good, so enjoyable, so, like, I just loved it so hard. Um, this, this reminded me of Crusade a lot. Like, the care for the, like, what existed already before it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it paid respect to itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Last, the last this, one disrespected itself. This paid respect to uh, familial relationships, um, mm -hmm. including God family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 In a way that Crystal Skull just didn't, even though there was more closer family in it. Yeah. Even though it was literally his blood related son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's always been more interesting when it wasn't a blood relation that mm -hmm. Indy had to save. Yeah. Anyway, so, good stuff. All right. That's it. That's it for our Indy series. And, all right. Which we uh, made that, it. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I liked that. I'm glad we did it. Me too. 
it's gonna, too. It's going to be fun going forward when we get to some other series that we do in the future. But next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we're going to go back to catching up on the superhero movies we missed. We are going to be watching The Specials, which is a 2000 superhero movie written by James Gunn. Oh, is this the one, Robert, not Robert Downey Jr., uh, the other guy, Rodriguez? Um, no, no. Um, it starts, you know, yeah, 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 I know you're talking about it. It stars uh, Rob Lowe. That's the one, yes. Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe, Thomas Hayden Church, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy, Judy Greer. It'll be interesting. How did we miss this? I didn't know it existed until I, we were past it in time. Yeah, All right. we, we talked about it. It looks it looks like a fun movie. Yeah, but written written by James Gunn. So uh, it's actually was his first, I mean, unless you count anything with the, he did with trauma, but um, his first superhero thing he did. Um, so that's next week here on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Throw Smiley, and whatever I did, I apologize. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and my dial of destiny goes up to 11. Spielberg and Lucas made mistakes, and with this dial... Mangold will fix them all. I'm Brian Lesh. Thanks for putting up with me. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.